Welcome to your uncle's beach house. We're back. It's basically winter, but here we are talking about anime. Jackson, hello. Hello. Are you ready for this trip to the winter beach? No, I'm not ready. Oh, I'm not ready. We haven't been ready for a long... We've been trying to record this episode for like three weeks. God has not allowed it. I mean, we also just weren't enthused, but God also has not allowed it. Uh, Along multiple lines, there have been... Uh, attempts by the universe to stop us recording this episode. Mm-hmm. But it's here, I guess. Yeah. Please understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't know, this is the like side podcast to The Great Gundam Project, which you do every week. You can find that at patreon.com slash mapping, where you're listening to this, because it's free on here. Uh, Gundam's $1 a month. Uh, it goes up every week. We talk about two episodes of Gundam. It's a good time. We're usually really positive about Gundam because we like mech shows, despite what you're about to hear for the next hour and a half. <laughs> hour. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah. This is the Evangelion episode, as you probably already know, because Cool Angel Thesis played at the start. Oh, it uh, sure did. It's a good song. You can't it's even... Fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. I, of all the look, things you're gonna get down on, no, the song it's fine. being bad isn't one of them. It's weird because like it's so ubiquitous that I don't. I I have a hard time like appreciating it as like a thing of its own. Like I, if someone says "Cruel Angel Stasis," so when I actually see is like the imagery of like the Ava with like the wings opening up and the Tree of Life bullshit and faces and bodies and stuff from the opening. Uh, I- is is that just this? Like, if someone said, "Hey, the Sailor Moon opening's good," what would you go? Like, yes, it is. That's a good song. Yeah, no, I, it's I mean, just I, as ubiquitous. Yeah, I know. I, something about the way that Ava has been a recurring theme of this podcast is going to be <laughs> the ways in which Ava was presented to me as, in, as like a cultural artifact in the years since I have seen it for the first yes. time have really colored my opinions on Ava. Uh, it sure has. Yeah. So yeah, well, the the way this went ended up like um, camp coming about was that I uh, rewatched Ava at the beginning of this year, had a good time, um, and then uh, you rewatched it recently because Destiny wanted to finish it, uh, 
and we decided let's do a beach house about that. That'll be fun. Um, <laughs> not realizing how much you would like really bounce off of basically everything about the show. Uh, that I think that's not fair. I enjoy large swaths of the show. <laughs> I just true. think in total, my opinion of Eva is that it's a bad thing written by a very bad man, and the people who like it like it despite all that stuff that they seem to basically ignore in favor of the little bits they do like. Uh, I've, hmm. I get it. I get it. I thought we'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're just gonna play Angel Attack under this entire episode, just bum, looping. Bum 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 bum. Uh, so let's talk about Shin Godzilla. <laughs> uh, you know, we will talk about Shin Godzilla eventually, probably a little bit. Eventually, um, yeah. Because Shin Godzilla is basically the stuff I like about Ava, divorced from all the stuff I don't like about Ava. It really is. You know, <laughs> what if just an entire movie was people looking at boards and like narrating what was happening, and then like marshalling all the forces of like society in order to like save the world, which Ava is ostensibly about for like a good chunk of it, <laughs> and then it kind of forgets about all that. Yeah, I mean, it's got a stuff going on. Yeah, it's got a yeah. lot going on. So let's just get let's just get we'll into, get into it. it. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes. The gospel of the new century. It's true. Uh, I think there's like a quote going around going, uh, it means these things, but Anno picked it because Evangelion sounds complicated. Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. That's an Anno move if there ever was one. <laughs> anyway, this is a TV series uh, that was produced by Gainax and Tatsunoko Production, directed by Hideaki Anno, criminal of the century. Uh <laughs> It was broadcast on TV Tokyo uh, from October of 1995 to March of 1996. It is 26 episodes long. Uh, after this, we will talk about the movie. Um, so no movie talk in this segment. Um, because yes. we're mostly going to focus on the show. Uh, because if we don't, this will just be the most depressing episode we've ever made. We'll do our best because a lot of a lot of my feelings are tied up in the rebuilds. We're not even going to mention anything at all oh, yeah. about those. We eventually, I I've only seen the first two, and it's been since they were new. Uh, eventually, yeah, okay. we will cover the rebuilds in a separate episode. That's not yes. going to come up here. So if you're yes. here for our rebuild opinions, you're going to have to wait at least a month, probably like two or three months, depending on how this goes. Give you a little time to decompress, forget about a little all this. bit of time. I don't know. Maybe I'll just forget about Evangelion forever, and we'll never talk about it again. Uh, that that will not happen. Jackson, what what's the plot, ostensibly, of Neon Genesis Evangelion? In the year 2000, uh, there was something called the Second Impact, uh, which, learning the truth of, is the plot of the show. But basically, a big event happened, half the world's population died, and 15 years later, in the city of Tokyo 3, a boy named Shinji Ikari is summoned there uh, because his dad, who runs Nerve, wants to like have him get in the robot, which is an Evangelion, um, to fight the angels. The angels are attacking humanity, these mysterious creatures. Uh, there's like 18 of them in total. Um, and they... They need uh, to be fought by Evangelions because conventional weaponry can't do anything because of this thing called the AT field, uh, which only the Evangelions have and the Angels have as well. It makes them completely invulnerable. This ties into the themes later because it's basically about souls and connections between people, blah, blah, blah. The same thing as literally every anime ever made. Um, and that's the plot of the show. He fights the Angels every week. Uh, the main plot is Shinji is very sad all the time and has to figure out what's going on with that. There's a lot of like... Uh, psychoanalysis about that um 
uh, and then a lot of the other plot is Misato, who is uh, Shinji's like carer slash supervisor slash general, um, having to like uh, fight the angels, but also investigate the shady goings on in Nerve because no one really knows what Nerve wants. And then there's like two separate, even more shady organizations above them: uh, the Instrumentality Project uh, and Sele. Uh, and no one knows what they want. So it's is that actually based- how you pronounce it? Because I've always said Seal. It's Sele. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yes, I think I said seal as well until I found out how to pronounce it. Okay. I'm probably going to continue to call it seal. I apologize. This is a Sirocco <laughs> thing. I can't deprogram my, like, 14 years of my brain. Uh, I understand. But that's the plot. Is he fights the angels every week? He is very sad, and everyone tries to figure out what the fuck is going on with the actual plot, and no one ever finds out because the answers are all bad and dumb. Uh, especially in the show, there's no answers in the show. There's well, none- like the, the the one person who's looking for answers gets murdered, and then the show takes a hard left turn into like the world ending. So hard to find answers in that situation. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that is basically Evangelion. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. how, however many of you there has to be a few people listening who haven't seen it um you'd think, think. Uh, um, but you also should not listen to this if you haven't seen Evangelion uh, yes. I, I mean I, you know what if you don't care like go ahead listen to this but I don't know what you're going to get out of it by us getting in the weeds of talking about Ava like the things that we like and the things we don't like so uh I think a, a good thing to do when discussing this quickly would be to break it down into the three parts of the show. Do you think? Well, okay. The thing that I really want to discuss uh, before we do that is I watched Evangelion and End of Ava all in a weekend when I was in college in yes. late 2004, early 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was 18. The show was uh, remarkable. Uh, I remember being really blown away by End of Ava specifically, which is f- funny. Um <laughs> Um, but also I remember not like, I don't, I didn't love Ava enough to like rewatch it or care that much about it. Um, and this has been my revisit, uh, cause Jackson likes it and, uh, my partner wanted to watch it. Um, that's really it. Like it was a good excuse to revisit it. I was, I probably wouldn't have done it if destiny wasn't interested. Yeah. So, uh, my um, context is pretty similar, uh, not, not similar. It's, um, pretty similar in terms of like, I watched it a little bit ago with only a few years now, rather than all the way back in 2001. Uh, but I watched it. I really latched on to Shinji and like the bits where it's just a sad show about depression. Um, uh, I never liked End of Eva. Uh, I remember watching End of Eva and being like, well, "This, this was, this is a joke, right?" And everyone was like, "Yeah, it's a joke. That's why it's good." And I'm like, "Okay, that makes sense." Nodding along. I don't actually think End of Eva is a joke, but we, we uh, can't talk about that yet. Yeah, no. But like that is like, that was my uh, opinion like years ago, and how I was able to rec- reconcile liking the show. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think of the two things as very different entities, uh, and ha- always have. I've always been more into the like uh, parts where the show is uh, like sad and empty, and all the bits of like Shinji just looking at a hospital ceiling for a- for hours. Um, it captures like depression stuff very well in a way that uh, I very few anime I've ever seen. Like, I haven't seen that much anime, but uh, uh, it's it's very special about that to me, like because. It's not a unique thing in like all of media, but I haven't seen much anime do that stuff, and I understand like how I and a bunch of other people can latch onto this sad boy. Um, and I know that you'd have like the, the sad boy is not sad in the way that like you know it's a very different uh, teenage uh, anxiety situation to you because you're the school person when it comes to your like favorite teen the sad boy, yeah, sads. No. yeah, yes. I mean, a person so crushed by responsibility that they lash out at the people around them. 
Uh, yep. <laughs> it technically applies to both of them, but in very different ways. Yeah. There's stuff I like about the Shinji thing. I just don't identify with it, which is, like, a key to my, like, lack of affection for Ava in general, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I think the Shinji stuff most, like, especially in the show, which is what we're talking about. We're talking Talk about, about the show. Yes. Is, is well done. Um, I like him looking up every day and, like, this is the same ceiling or whatever, or this is a different ceiling when he gets hospitalized and stuff. Um for the first time, um, the part where he like tries to run away three times uh, and then comes to the same conclusion every single time, I like less uh, because it usually results in other people getting harmed, and the show doesn't necessarily give that those people an outlet to like yell at Shinji the way that they probably should. Um, um, yeah. Uh, how, so how this? I think of the, there's two big runs away. When's the third oh. one? I don't know. I I'm not, I'm not, I didn't enumerate them. I am just talking <laughs> about my impressions of this. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I was going to respond to that, but I think we should just get into like more. Yeah. Um, specific... So you want to talk about the first third yeah. of the show, which is the show basically breaks down into three thirds. Yes. Uh, and the first third will go like. Uh, it it starts out uh, with uh, Shinji coming to Tokyo Three. Uh, forcing the robot then there's the stuff um with him and masado and the first running away and then ray kind of comes into the dynamic a bit and there's the uh episode where they have to fire the big gun um and then asuka arrives and then the dynamic is complete and that's basically the the first bit of the show uh it is yeah. very straightforward there aren't any like breakdowns into what's going on behind the scenes there's like a couple of instrumentality scenes but they're also like it, it, they mention it in episode one, so you know that they know that they was planning this all along, but they don't tell you anything or do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also very little like the uh, trips inside the minds of the characters. There's not very many like voiceover sequences in terms of um, like we're inside Shinji's mind now. It mostly just uh, allows the him being in the environment speak for itself. I like that stuff quite a lot. Uh, but also the early part of the show is real on its bullshit about how horny it is. Um, yeah, so you have, uh, two, like, uh, like, adult women in this show, which is, uh, Masato and, uh, what's her name? Ritsuko. Ritsuko. And the show, sorry, I watched the show, like, a month ago at this point, and, yeah. uh, names. Um, the, the, the show so often frames them as, like, just, like, pinup girls, every time they're on screen in a way that i find gross disgusting and and unconscionable um i i don't like the show is so like into it's like self-serious edgelord mech stuff like oh he gets in the gundam but the gundam he doesn't know how to pilot so it gets fucked up and then it bleeds real blood uh is basically what episode two of evangelion is um and i i get it like i get the appeal of that is like oh let's let's really uh underscore these like mech shows and show what they're really be like uh but then you have the characters that exist only to like shove their ass and tits in your face every time they're on screen and i like both these people as characters the writing around their characters is often not always and not in the conclusion good but um i hate the way in which they're framed every time there's there's, like one scene in particular where they go to like a conference and then they have like a conversation where they're just um like in a rest like it seems like it's like a abandoned restaurant or like no one's in there and it's night and they're just like draped over the table so their boobs are pressed up and like long shots up their legs and it's just the most porny shit on earth so when i rewatched this i um like went in like with you uh saying that and also like i knew even was always a horny bullshit show but like when you watch it before you've seen 
a lot of anime, you often like write that off as, oh, anime, it does this. There's, there's a tendency to be like that. Yeah. Um, so I went in knowing, I'm like, okay, how is bad is it going to be? And the thing that I was struck by is that it like really changes episode to episode. Episode yes. seven, which is the Jet Alone episode, is illegal. It's yeah. fucking insane. And I like, in theory, like that episode because it's got all the stuff about the um, like weird uh bureaucracy and actually delves into the context of the world a bit uh and the central relationship is about misato and shinji and like shinji uh, and misato have this like closeness because she's able to be kind of like uh unguarded with him the way that presents itself and the way every scene in this episode happens and like they deal with these things between these characters is just unconscionably bad uh in a show that is sometimes okay about this uh it's illegal like that episode specifically is so much worse than the others and um there's a few others as well like the uh, the first ray episode like that scene where he goes and grabs ray's boob like yeah bad. like um, the, the thing they wanted to do with him being like weirded out that she doesn't care about him there they already did with her, her like walking on the shower they didn't need to do that he falls on top of her bullshit uh yeah it's it's completely meaningless uh there's other stuff in episodes that i like as well like the um uh the uh what's it called the, the dancing episode uh yeah uh, is a great it's one of my favorite episodes of the show but in, in that there's like um one of the early shots with Asuka uh where she's like you have to go sleep over there but the angle is like you're looking completely down her top in a way yep. that is ridiculous um, i mean even even Asuka strikes has a whole bit about her getting into the plug suit when she first shows up and like shinji looks away but the camera sure doesn't as she's changing yeah, and then she beats Shinji up because he's like, looks yep. again, and it's like, ugh. Uh, so there's a lot of that tendency, way more than, uh, like, th- it is a thing that is uh, endemic to a lot of anime and anime culture, and it's like, understood yeah. to be. A but lot I think, of anime culture, but we watch a lot of anime that isn't this. Yeah, that's my point, is that having, like, spread out a bit, I'm like, no, this is just bad, and it's not like a thing we all have to ignore, it just sucks. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame, because there are moments, uh, even in these episodes, that are really good. Um, I think in that, um, uh, what's it, it's, it's uh, it must be that, uh, dancing episode, uh, cause there's the, the scene with Kaji and, um, Ritsuko where, uh, Kaji like starts kind of like flirting with Ritsuko, uh, and Misato's watching and it's like this very brief glimpse into, oh, maybe you could understand sexuality as a thing that was real cause you want to talk about this stuff, right? The show has, uh, aspirations of talking about this, uh, and I end up liking the like Kaji stuff a lot. He's one of my favorite characters in the show, but then it will just show everyone tits for a scene and it completely undercuts the stuff it's trying to do. Yeah. I mean, the bit with Kaji, Ritsuko and Misato as like picking up uh, a weird like friendship relationship triangle that existed when they were in college is some of my favorite stuff in this show. Yeah, um, it's great. Both Ritsuko and Misato get really bad character stuff overlaid on top of them later that I really dislike, but mm-hmm. um this like the stuff in the early and middle parts I think is really good. Like I, uh yeah. Misato's Misato's general like when she's not portrayed as like the brash like booby lady when she's just like i'm gonna take care of this kid because i think it's the right thing to do and then is like utterly incapable of doing that when they don't depict that as broad comedy uh i think it's really good yeah it's some of my favorite stuff as well um i w- like i i understand why because like you know tropes and everything that misada has to be the like super glamorous one that she's so beautiful but then actually she's secretly not got her shit together whoa uh, i just wish she was a bit more openly not got her shit together um yeah the way the character i, I mean i wish i wish they gave her more interiority like early on yes. they give her some, a bunch later but uh that's when it also gets really bad so uh, there's a bit in the middle where it's like they hits the sweet spot 
Yeah. So um, I suppose we should talk about the middle part of this, which is uh, Asuka's there. There's a trio of Ava pilots. They are just like knocking angels out one after another, despite increasingly ludicrous scenarios in which they have to do that. <laughs> uh, this period of the show is uh, like incredible. It yeah, this, yeah this, is also, the, this is also the, like, find out what Nerve's doing Kaji stuff, which is all very good. Towards the back half of it, I feel like yes. that, like, um, uh, it takes a while to really get going. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like like it does ease off its horny bullshit. It gets way more into the interiority of the characters. Uh, and I feel like this uh, sequence, basically between um, episode 13 or whatever, the day Tokyo stood still uh, is the one, uh, and the episode uh, where Shinji is inside the um the plug like they're basically all pretty great episodes yeah uh i like the show a lot in this period um one of my favorite things about it uh especially compared uh, to gundam is that i feel like it's incredibly good at structuring episodes around ideas like this is the episode where this happens and every episode will have like a point uh and like here's the climax to it uh gundam it's copying Gundam in a lot of ways, but Gundam is much more concerned with broad ideas and will not necessarily be like, and well, here's yeah. the... That's also, they, that's also because they don't fight one-off giant monsters with very specific gimmicks every episode of Gundam, right? Yeah, but the gimmicks are always like, this is a stupid gimmick that ties into whatever character bullshit we're doing this episode. Yeah. Like, but as much as, as much as like, Ava's not necessarily like a mech show, the, the angels as the thing that they fight means that they can structure really tight episodes around yes. the specific weirdness of the monster. And that stuff is very cool. And I feel like generally underappreciated when people talk about Ava, I think it's the stuff that works like without reservation, pretty much the entire show. Yeah. Like the best moments in the show are like that dancing sequence or the moment where they fire the big gun or the moment. Where uh, the one for me are... is the one that's like falling from orbit yes, and they all have to like race to catch it. I love that one. It's phenomenal. I think that's because they have to, uh, I'll, cut out so much in the like movies they did that's one of the ones they keep in the you get to see in big beautiful 2009 animation and it's very good there as well yeah that's um, uh that's episode 12 which is one of the best episodes of this show yeah no, any moment where the whole thing is everyone's kind of dysfunctional and bad and the ending is everyone figures out something about how to relate to each other that is when either is good that is when it is earnest and the best version of itself yep. um because i don't like even when it's cynical and then you go Haha, well <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, owned, I guess. Um, but, I yeah, I, I really like this middle section. Yep. Uh, I like the stuff of, um, like, when um, the car... Uh, what's the, ep- the episode with Masato and her dad? But it's, like, the, mi- the middle one of those before it gets into the weird, like, weird slut-shaming you inside your head bullshit. Um, yeah, that's way later. <laughs> uh, that stuff is terrible. But the middle, like, the episode where she's out with Kaji um, and she's, like kind of depressed and feels weird about this relationship because she's like you remind me of my dad but also maybe i didn't hate my dad as much as i thought i did all these things are like going around her and they kind of like have this sad but yeah that's 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 episode 20 that's an incredible episode and then i like yeah that's the one that's the one where shinji gets stuck in the eva um which is maybe the last really good episode of evangelion (laughs) if i was making evangelion i would just put episode the like shinji ending in in that scene because it's the same it's the same thing he is in a thing where he's like do you want to be in a world where nothing exists and he goes no like the same thing happens and then i would have had an actual that would have made positive changes in people's lives for the rest of the show that is not what happens yeah (laughs) Uh, instead everything goes to hell and then he's asked the question again and comes to the same conclusion but with much more like bullshit around it uh not for him but for everyone else yes uh but yeah um 
I'm trying to think of more like stuff about the middle of the show. Because uh, it is. Kind I mean, of this rough. is like this is like the dummy plug, and uh, oh, Toji gets plug. in the Ava and just gets ruined and stuff like that. The dummy plug's okay. It holds up less on a rewatch. Uh, so much of that stuff is all about the shock of oh fuck, this happened. Uh, yep. The thing for me is. Uh, Toji is like a character that's given a really interesting backstory. Like him punching Shinji is one of the like bravest things anyone does in this show. Yes. Um, but all like once he gets in the Eva and gets like damaged and is in the hospital, he basically is just written entirely out of the show at that point. Uh, you know why that is, do you? Uh, I know in the manga he's just dead. I assume that they meant to like kill him and cut forgot or whatever because the end of this show is a they mess. They were not allowed to kill any of the kids. Oh, okay. They had a directive not to kill any kids. So, yes, he was meant to be dead. Every time they do that bit again, it's, like, framed as going to be a death. Uh, like, as he dies in the manga. Um, but I, th- I, like, I think it would have been really interesting. Uh, like, we do a Star Trek show, and that has a kid who gets maimed horribly and has to, like, deal with it in DS9. Yeah. Um, if Toji was just, like, the arc of that character, where he's, like, the brash one who's, like, he's providing for his sister. He's, like, an adult when he doesn't, he shouldn't be. And now he has to deal with being, like, disabled and struggling to re-identify himself in that. I think that stuff would be really interesting. The show doesn't care about any of that. <laughs> well, my fundamental uh, reason I don't like Ava uh, for as much as like a thing that's important to me is that it is entirely unconcerned with dealing with it. It'll get to these big catharsises and then the next episode will be like, but then it's all shit again. And I'm like, but we could just yep. move build from here. Uh, yeah. And they're like, there are times in this show uh, and in the movies and everything where like it gets to points where I'm like, oh, the good thing has happened. Now I guess we'll explore a positive side of this, and it will just refuse, like flat refuses to. Uh, so like, there, there's t- I've t- I'm of two minds about this because so much of the show is centered around Shinji and his headspace. So yes. it makes sense that for Shinji, as like a depressed kid, he's just going to keep repeating the same patterns over and over again. But the show would be better if it showed that the rest of the world could also like grow and move on and Shinji is trapped in this cycle but instead because it's all monolithic about Shinji's brain the entire world has to bend to his whims uh, and so everything goes to that same cycle and it makes the distinction of Shinji's problems and the world's problems meaningless in a way that I don't like that is true but also I don't think Shinji is actually uh, I don't think Shinji has to be as trapped. I would include Shinji in the like way this, this show treats its cynicism. Like, oh, I think for Shinji sure. Could... Like, it, like it's a cynical thing, but like the way in which Shinji is always going to lay in bed and play that same tape over and over again is the same way the show gives characters moments where they could realize something, and then next episode they're right back on their bullshit. Well, it's not that they could; they often do. Yeah, like the but they they, they, they always and... fall back on their bullshit. Yeah, and like I think one of the show the, the things I don't like about like. Eva's approach is that it refuses to like acknowledge um abuse as anything other than like uh like a symbiotic relationship of breakdown of humans uh it can never acknowledge when someone just is an asshole like it always has to be deep like no one can just go gendo shut the fuck up yeah (laughs) it tries to it tries to like depict being on your bullshit in like a really negative way not in like the fun twitter way as a like a profound statement about human nature and this is like the thing that torpedoes the end of evangelion when we get there oh my god like the final conclusion of Anno's stuff uh seems to be humans are just gonna like go back into their worst impulses and not in like a we need to let go of like trying to be our best selves and just like accept who we are but in a uh, there's no point to any of this it's all just going to cycle the drain forever 
So I guess this is a good time to get into the final section of the show because that's what we're already talking about. So um, before that, their episode uh, twenty-one, I think it is. Uh, yes, so twenty is the episode where he like eats the uh, Ava and takes the S two engine inside yes. himself. Episode twenty-one should be like six episodes, and it'd be the best six episodes of Evangelion. Yeah. Instead, it's one episode, and it's like nigh incomprehensible with how much stuff it throws at you. Wait, is which this is the, the one like in the past? it's it's. It's the 15 years, yeah, between Second Impact and now, and it's about, like, uh, Ritsuko and Kaji and Misato and Gendo getting married to Yui and all of that stuff. and Because uh, it's all in the context of Fuyutsuki's, like, whole history with everyone. Yeah. Because he's being interrogated by Sele, um, and... The stuff about Gendo in here, I think, is really interesting, and it doesn't matter to the rest of the show one bit. <laughs> Uh, no, like, th- there's never a confrontation between Gendo and Shinji. They never actually have a conversation about this. Yep. But, like, uh, Gendo in this episode is depicted as, like, he was, like, this, like, rough, violent youth that Fuyutsuki took in, and then he fell in love with his star pupil, to the point where, like, when they get married, he takes Yui's name, he's like, oh, she's the, the better part of us, and I need to, like, be as much like her as possible. And, uh, the thing I know is that the movie's changed that, and I'm so mad about it. <laughs> uh, well, the movie's Gendo is just evil. Yeah, and um, it it gives you a vision of Gendo as like a like broadly tragic character that isn't in the rest of Evangelion. In the rest of Evangelion, he is basically a mustache twirling villain. Like he cares about Ray, but his caring about Ray is depicted in such like weird, groomy, gross ways. Um, when you get to like the reveals about that stuff, and even before that, like it just feels icky in a way that uh, this episode doesn't. In, I really wish this episode informed more of Evangelion, but it feels like a thing they thought up and then forgot about instantly. Well, they, did, they didn't forgot about it. Not to get into Andy too much, but the, there's a scene in that where um, he like admits that oh, he's been doing this on purpose to like keep shit. Like basically, adult Shinji as the worst version of himself is what they try to say Gendo is, which doesn't really hold true about the rest of the show. But I think if that's a thing they're gonna do, why isn't he in the weird headspace at the end of the show? Why isn't the show like? There's a version of the show that is good, and it's Final Fantasy X, right? Like, it is high-fiving your dad in the way to the afterlife, uh, and realizing that, like, you can overcome these things. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, because I had basically uh, finished my rewatch of End of Eva, like, about five minutes before we played Final Fantasy X. <laughs> um, yep. And so coming into that scene, I was like, oh, fuck, this is incredible. <laughs> like, this is just the thing that I wanted from the thing that I like, but the yeah. thing that I, like, refused to give me because it thought that not giving it was more profound yeah uh when i i just disagree because i like the end of the show after that uh the good stuff um and then the like stuff that should be good but is way too compressed is four episodes of everyone falling apart and going to shit like in just the most depressing way and the only way i think it works um is because it's in lead up to the final episode where uh he stands up and it's like hooray we've broken through everything um I don't think that's yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't think that works because the other characters are given such short shrift, and the stuff they do put on them is often very gross. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not defending it, uh, but I think that like my view of this show is that it is literally the depressing stuff is all there and like to build up to the climax. Without yeah. that climax, it becomes even more illegal. As we will uh, see. Yeah. So episode twenty two, which is the one about Asuka's like childhood, and then she goes against the angel on herself on her own and just basically gets her like mind destroyed. Uh really I hate it. I hate it. It might be my least favorite thing in Evangelion. Asuka is the character I identify with the most in the show. Um, so much of her like situation is her she like always wanted to be 
uh, seen as like the good, like competent, special child by the adults. And so she would try her best to be an adult, act like an adult, be responsible way beyond her years. And then she comes up against Shinji, who is just good at stuff and isn't even like capable of processing why he's good at stuff and is too humble about it. Uh, because she, she doesn't understand Japanese culture at all and no one bothers to tell her. Um, so she just suffers everyone like upstaging her and being really modest about it in a way that she is incapable of doing because her life has been wrapped around her pride. Uh, but then the show basically like makes her falling apart, like a thing th that's about Shinji being like a better than her still at the end of all this. And I hate it. <laughs> um, I don't think it's necessarily completely that. Um, so much of that episode is her like falling apart and then everyone like extending a hand to her and then her not being able to like over anger. And then everyone's like, oh, I guess she's just mad, I guess. And walking away. And it sucks. It sucks so much. Oh, sure. But like, I don't know. I, I don't think the episode is necessarily good. I think the way they go about it is like really gross because they basically do a mind rape plot. Um for her as she's like oh for sure like i but 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 like I her problem her problems existed before all of that like this is the catalyst right but everything about the way oscar interacts with everyone is about this stuff way before this happens yes but i don't necessarily think it's all as bad as that like i am um, i wish she had basically I, I think it it needs uh the like release that shinji gets at the end every character needs that thing i actually like that her whole thing is that her worldview is built around being this like being really good at this and like i'm gonna pile my ava and be, like show everyone who i am and i'm gonna prove to everyone that i'm an adult and then uh the character who she's like in love with is like please go away you're a child and then dead uh and yeah. no one talks to her about it and she just falls apart and it's like uh for as much as i um relate to shinji as a character and everything i think the stuff with asuka falling apart is actually the most like relatable quote-unquote heartbreaking stuff in the show uh it needs to build to something better uh but i i like i feel really bad for her and i like i am uh like asuka is a big uh part of like why i like the show uh and i think it needs to have her worn down to like um Shinji should not be the only one to like have his bullshit. Uh, oh sure, but on they don't do any, like they don't care about her bullshit. They just give, they just have her fall apart and then they leave it. Uh, this is I don't know. They, she or gets a little or bit they transform it into something really monstrous in End of Eva. Yeah, like the stuff in End of Eva is terrible. Um, and um, uh, like her that, stuff in episode twenty five is not that good, honestly. Like so much that of that great. is in the rapid fire stuff of here's all of the women who have troubles. Let's like mock and dismiss all of their problems because Shinji's the only one whose problems are real and good. Uh, hmm, that. Like I, the trio I, of going through, like going through Ritsuko and Masato and Asuka, like in rapid fire succession, they're all depicted as like the, the things that are weak about them are because of their gender in a way that I really hate. Well, I think that is way more true of Ritsuko and Masato. Uh, yeah. Like, but, but Asuka, Asuka being put right next to them, like <laughs> she might come out the best, but having them all in like in yeah. a row. And then the other person is Shinji who is able to give a whole episode to work through that problem. And they are not, uh, it's very clear the difference in that. Like yeah. she ends up being like her stuff is problematic by association as well. Like they're like, this show is about broken women who can't handle being around the men who get the catharsis that everyone should get. I mean, like I, when I rewatched the show, I was like actively furious at all the Ritzko stuff. Yes. Uh, like, I was gobsmacked that this was allowed to be in a television show. Because, uh, like, because her thing is, like, um, her mum built the muggy. Uh, 
But so the stuff with the stuff with her mom building the magi and then just like her mom being a bit of a shit and a mess, uh, like that stuff, I think is really interesting. The way it then imprints on Ritsuko's story is awful. You know, the way that like uh, the stuff with her and her killing Ray and everything, as melodramatic and stupid as it is, I think it's like okay. Um, like I like the uh, Gendo's treatment of women has like an actual body count between like gendo's treatment of how he uses characters comes out on these characters fighting against each other in a like way that ends up killing one of them is well like, yeah and it sure it sure only really applies to women huh yeah and but in in that episode i'm like oh yes this evil person has like his thoughtlessness and carelessness has put pit these two like women against each other in a way that's disgusting gendo is awful but then the way it actually comes back is ritsuko then starts sleeping with gendo and is like oh uh, i let him use me because it makes me feel purposeful but then he doesn't love me and i'm like what the fuck yeah <laughs> what Yes, they, they like, and End of Ava leans into just giving her, like, a jilted lover storyline that's awful. We'll get it's to that. It's terrible. Like, yes. Because the, the Ritsuko stuff I like is um, her playing off against Kaji and Masato is this kind of, like, quietly jealous, but also so far removed from what they want and doesn't, like, understand herself as much. Like, yes. that dynamic, she fits in really well as these two, like, uh, like all three of them are a mess, but those two have each other and she's kind of more separated and alone and private yep. about stuff. And it's not that she, like, wants Kaji or anything, but she does, like, feel like a lack there and then the well, i mean it's the, it's the massage stuff where they talk about her like feeling dirty and needing to like find yeah. like find approval through like older men that she's around and it's really gross they sure do because basically someone handed fucking anna a book on freud halfway through the show yes um who's the worst human who's ever existed why did you do that yeah uh, and it like yeah like that the Masato stuff is everyone comes out and slut shames her like that is literally what happens in her sequence yep uh basically going why do you sleep with people for a pr and like the base themes of that are like okay in terms of the show being about approval and wanting approval and like the dynamics between people but it just manifests itself in just the most like no one has thought about how sexist they are once in their lives yeah uh it's it sucks because i yeah i do like those themes and i like them when applied to shinji because you know the character the people writing the show can empathize with the man yep um, I will say, since we're watching the director's cut stuff in episodes 25 or 26, I don't remember which one, we do get shots of Ritsuko and Masato like dead in the way they are in End of Eva, yeah. implying that both things do happen at the same time. Uh, well, hmm, I just... So, do you want to get into that stuff after we talk about End of Eva? Yes, but I do want to note that it's here, that there are seeds dropped that like Shinji's whole realization of instrumentality is happening within End of Eva. Uh, there are similar images used. I would not, I would but, not say that that, like the implication is maybe not that they happen at the same time, but that like in the inciting incident of however instrumentality triggers in uh, the show, which we don't really see it begin, but like at some point, Ray and Gendo totally go down and confront Ritsuko, and then they, she gets shot because she sucks. And she should not have dared be uh, like feel any sort of like wrong by Gendo. Like that stuff is in the show by implication by backfill. Uh, I just don't agree. Like it, it is it isn't in the show though, right? Like we can speculate all day about what. But this like it literally shows her like face down in the pool of LCL down at the bottom of like central dogma. So like the scene that she in which she dies in Eneveva is depicted in the end of the show. Like we don't get to see the lead up, but we do totally see her dead in the pool. That context is not in the show, and like maybe no, it's it not. Been. And maybe but it would have been given given that know. they given that they filled that stuff in and then made a movie about that stuff. Like you can't dismiss the movie just because you don't like it. 
It's no, still part I, of Ava. Yeah, no, I'm not dismissing it as like because I don't like it, but I am saying that like I think those two are more separate, mostly because uh, the way instrumentality works in the show is fundamentally just not the same thing. It is not the oh, same sure. thing. Oh, like, sure. But in the minute, in the, in, in the scene where Masada, or where like everyone is like going through the like facing your struggles of who you are as a person, also Gendo fucking gunned down Ritsuko and she's dead in a pool. Um, the, the I think the only image is just Ritsuko dead in the pool. Like, th- that is all you get. I'm pretty sure there's one of uh, Masato slumped like- against a wall, which is not how she dies in the movie, but... Uh, um, yeah, no, it's... There are two... I th- I don't think those were in the director's cut. The director's cut stuff is um, doesn't change 25 and 26. It basically okay. adds loads of people in the prior episodes talking about mass production avas and stuff. Okay. Because like, I, I just assumed it was added in the after they knew like after they knew what the movie was. But no, maybe it was it's just in there. Just two images um, okay. implying that everyone died. Uh, yes. And also, like, I'm not saying that this is a correct interpretation, especially because. Um, I feel like the years and the fandom have borne this, uh, borne this out. But considering my like long-held feeling on End of Eva was it gives you a bunch of answers to things, but those are the worst and most terrible answers. Like like the it's a joke version. Like, I don't know. Mm. I, that, that is how it is always held together in its best way in my head. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's right. And a lot of like this revisit has been kind of that falling apart because... Um, Everyone loves End of Eva, and it's a fucking terrible movie. It's, uh, it, I mean, I think it's like a good movie about monstrous things. I don't know. Uh, so much of that movie sentence. is about like it's yes. So much of that movie so, is about like it's textual stuff that I think is really good. And so let's the get into it. Happens. Oh uh, no! So before we, we do that, we have Kawaru to finish yet. the show. So do you want to talk about Kawaru because the show sure doesn't care? Uh, not really. <laughs> like uh, I do he want shows to talk up, about how crazy. Both of us had this thing where when we first watched the show, the sequence where he's an angel and Ode to Joy plays is like the craziest thing and most intense thing that's ever happened in an anime. And it's just the piddliest shit when we went back. Yeah, it's just him like, it's just like a plate of him standing there floating down the background for like five minutes. I did not have a lot of money left. Um, but also the fandom is so wrapped up in like Kaworu is like a major character and this ep- he just shows up in this episode is like menacing to Shinji who's too dumb to realize he's being played and then Shinji gets played. Uh, I do not think the show thinks that he is being played. I I feel like the way he comes on is like basically like the most predatory shit in the entire world and people <laughs> sure lap it up. Uh, I don't disagree, but given everything else the show does about, like... Okay, sure, sex, maybe the show is, doesn't realize it. But I, don't, I can't believe the fandom is, like, into this because it sucks. Uh, yeah, we'll get, we'll get into some more of this next time. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. The, the Kawari stuff, I remember being more impactful, but it doesn't... It feels needless and meaningless. Like the whole, He mostly exists as a law spouter. Um, yeah. To let you know that this ass actually Lilith the whole time, uh, rather than because um, I had remembered it in my head being like the uh, you know because it's a direct parallel to, to Lala right like the uh, here is the one character who understands our main character and then you are forced to kill them as you know fifty three second held shots because yes. that's how we you know it's important yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I, I would like to point out Lala is totally killed on accident in the middle of a battle that is full of good stuff. Uh, no, the last stuff is good. Like, but, yes. like I don't think it uh, in any way um, comes up to that parallel. One, because I think the, it goes so hard on the Shinji stuff earlier that 
it, the the Toji thing is when this happens is when everything falls to shit for him. Like yes. he invested in something and then it betrayed him. Like that has already happened. And then you literally had the same sequence as episode twenty five and twenty six preceding that. Like the Shinji should be done at this point. Yeah. Um. So I think that it it ends up being redundant because it's placed in the show. Uh. And it's also predatory, but I don't think the show realizes that. I think it is meant to be earnest. I think it is meant to be someone extending a hand to Shinji and then having to kill him. I think that's what the show is doing. Yeah, that hand is, like, so creepy, and, like, it feels so much like his objective is to just get Shinji's trust as fast as possible, because they did this all too fast, that it just yep. feels gross. Uh, in the manga, he comes in way earlier. Yeah, no, I understand that, like, you could fix this, but the way it's presented is really bad. Uh, and then we like, have episode 26, unless you wanted have... to say something about Koro. Oh, I was going to say something about the manga, which is that uh, he's doing the, um, he's doing the Devilman Crab everything, like, he's killing the bird great uh so he's literally just doing that <laughs> great that sucks uh, and he's laying there for like four volumes and he stays in the house and everything i don't, I don't really remember the manga that much it's a it's weird okay uh, episode 26 episode 26 the final episode of the show it's uh it's a happy ending the only one we're ever gonna get uh, uh, yes well we'll see <laughs> we shall see uh the only yeah. one you're ever gonna get how about that nope not true <laughs> okay uh, we'll get into that next time. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, uh, 25 is every, kind of everyone in the instrumentality, but 26 is all Shinji all the time. Uh, yeah. I think aside from the fact that it decides out of, n- for no reason uh, in the middle, of, like it has to do a thing in the end of this episode where he sees an alternate reality and understands that, wait, no, I don't just exist to pilot Ava. I exist because I exist and I can form connection with other people. Maybe everything can be okay. Um, so that vision of the alternate reality yes. should be really good because it's basically like, <laughs> it's like a show. light parody of like light anime. Yeah. It's basically like the opening episode of Sailor Moon, but in Ava and it's really off. Like it puts you on the wrong foot and is like really interesting to see but then the like last 10 episodes of this show kind of forgot it's horny because too much stuff was going on is all injected into this scene where it's just the fucking most awful tropey bullshit it reads like someone making fun of anime it absolutely does um it it's it's bad because the show also then takes as like this is the thing that made shinji realize that life was worth living (laughs) and it's this bullshit um yeah uh like that part sucks i like the shows uh like i like 26 as as an ending um generally but i wish that they could have done anything else for this because just i've seen the first episode of sailor moon it's fantastic what the fuck are you doing yes um i so i think this ending is like solid on the face of it if you only take 26 in but that shinji gets all of this time to come to the realization oh maybe i should like extend a hand to other people where the episode previously a a line of women gets berated for their life choices makes it really hard for me to stomach this as like the good ending it just feels like patting a man on the back for being a man uh that i understand uh look uh i know there's a thing uh, that people like to talk about, but like, oh, when he says I can love myself, and like everyone else says that as well. Like, it's meant to be like it plays Shinji as the shared viewpoint for like everyone is there at the end. Everyone manages to break through their bullshit, but we don't see it for anyone else. We don't feel it for anyone else. We only feel it for Shinji. Um, yeah, and and explicitly, we just got them being like fucking dragged through the mud for living their lives. Like, there's a version of this where it's everyone trapped in their own world and coming together. Yeah, um, and it would have been much better for it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you mean if this show cared about other people? Yeah, I mean, if the show was good. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I still like it, like, especially compared to what we're going to get. And I still think that the ending is, like, 
I still feel I care about Shinji enough that I am happy when he manages to get through, and I'm glad that the ending is everyone uh, like making it into whatever this instrumentality world is. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the how the dynamics of that are, and literally do not make sense as compared to End Viva. Like they are fundamentally incompatible in a way. Oh yeah, weird, for sure. Considering they are made by the same people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. But I, I, I think it is like com- competent. All this stuff, like as a massive asterisk, and I understand anyone who's like fuck this show because it like shat all over the women and didn't even give them their catharsis. Yeah, uh, but. I'm, I still care enough about Shinji that when he breaks through, I'm like, yeah, go Shinji. Everyone's clapping for him. Yeah. Um, the thing that, like, the, my final summation of Evangelion, like, as much as I'm, like, talk about why I hate it thematically is it's the show that works best when you're like, wow, cool robot. <laughs> <laughs> Me crossing out, like, erasing Freud from that top arrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you just if you just like ignore that top arrow where the like the themes happen because the themes are fucking awful. The show's like really fun. I think the like robot fights are good. The Evangelions are like really interesting in the ways in which they're animalistic and then that is revealed to be because they're giant people soul things. Um that stuff's great. You see the first ancestral race. Uh <laughs> fucking we are not talking about any of that bullshit. Yeah, no, we are not. NGE two. God. Um uh, the ending also, uh, because of everything that Eva is, everything that there's the culture around that, and everything that I knew, like, I had seen gifts of the clapping scene before I got to it in the show, uh, and so I had always expected Eva to have a really cynical and disgusting ending, and everyone would be like, everyone dies, and that's just what I heard about going to the show, and I obviously in the movie found out why that was the case of its reputation, but yep. <laughs> I, the first time I watched it, I was just so taken aback by the fact that it had, like, an earnest ending, but I was like, wow. Oh my god, they did it. They did the thing. Um, and then everyone was mad and they never did it again. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, because I I just remember everything I knew about that scene was in a context of I was just expecting it to be like a joke or like everyone clapping because fuck you, Shinji. Um, but no, it was like, a, I don't know. Eva could be good if it was earnest, but it just never is. Yep. Um, and... I, there is so much I like about it and so much that I will hold on to, but I can I can join you in saying the thing as a grand existence is probably bad for the world. And let's get into why. It is time for Third Impact, Jackson. We are Third here to Impact. talk about the end of Evangelion. We sure are. So this is a 1997 movie. Uh, it's, uh, you know, just the same stuff. It's the people. They made the movie now. Here we go. Production IG were involved somehow. Yes. <laughs> um, the thing about this is that it picks up at the end of episode 24. Yes. Um, and is a new vision of the last two episodes of Evangelion and uh, is, at least in the one I watched, like depicted as two separate episodes, which is very weird. Oh, that's just true of the thing. Like the credits happen halfway through. Yeah. Yeah. It's really strange. 
which is a very Anno move of like, oh, isn't this impressive? I put the credits in the middle. Like, shut up, Anno. No. Also, they're hilariously goofy, 90s like mid nineties CG credits. <laughs> yes. Oh, they sure are. They sure yep. are that. <sighs> I'm pretty sure I could make those credits in Power Director in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you probably could. Yeah. You know. So End of Eva. End of Eva is like talked up as like one of the best movies of all time, one of the most incredible postmodern works, blah blah blah, depending on where you go. Um I think it's shit. Um, I think it's beautiful shit. <laughs> uh, so, so so our, our fundamental difference here is because I still hold on to liking more of Eva, uh I just I think of End of Eva as like an awful like blight on what should have been really good. Uh, and you and think of I, it as Yes, I think awful, of it as the ending that Evangelion deserved and always was leading up to. Like the awful truth of itself being revealed. Yes. Because um, it is essentially a movie in which the character that you've come to invest in for 24 episodes uh, suddenly, out of nowhere, is uh, a coward rapist and then throughout the film learns to be a coward rapist. That is the that is what the movie is. <laughs> that, li- like, yep. that is the film. <laughs> Uh, instead of instead of realizing that he's going to reach out to people shinji just learns to reach out to himself over the comatose body of his friend this is like a meme because of its scene but like you step back from anime culture for like less than a centimeter this is one of the most disgusting things to put in your movie i think watching this in 2004 is fundamentally why i don't like evangelion and never can mm-hmm. i mean it's it's, um, it's a terrible scene like yeah i was like taken aback at how like because the way that plays in the show is the Kamara episode goes direct in 25, where the first thing he's doing is having a crisis as to, as to, like, why did you kill him? And none of that is present. It's just, no one else will talk to me, but you're asleep, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna masturbate. Like, that... What? Yeah, <laughs> that is the appropriate <laughs> response. It's awful. Uh, and, and it's not it's it's played as like a negative thing that he does but he never suffers any consequences for it none of it actually matters in the textual thing of the plot so it just kind of feels like Anno deciding that he's going to be edgy because it's a movie now and he can get away with it I mean so like the the interpretation that always um, the defense of it that I always hear is that this is like um, a critical uh, like critical of its fan base and being like this is the bad end. This is what happens when you can't let go. Like, either you get over your bullshit or you masturbate over teenage girls. Make your choice, cowards. Uh, I don't think that holds true because the show's already on its... Like, the show ended with, like, Shinji looking up Ray's pants. Like, that yeah. happened in no, the final episode. The, my, my reaction to this is, if if he could get away with it, the TV show would be even pornier. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, like, I don't think that by being explicit about the fact that it's now all psychosexual... Bull- I don't think that makes it better. I don't think intellectualizing how disgusting this is makes it good i, I no. in fact in fact movie. the rest of this movie shows that in fact it is the worst thing you could have done <laughs> uh, yeah uh, i i know many people listening might be like like be- this movie is beloved right and i've never understood it because you know i am um, I, I i think it's i think a large swaths of it are amazing to look at uh but it's like a very beautiful atrocity happening in slow motion so <laughs> Yeah, and I know that's, like, what it is. Even people who like it think it's that. And just, like, it's very intense. I don't understand why people find this movie intense and emotional. I think that it is so nihilistic that why could I give a shit? I don't understand caring um, when they... I remember happens. thinking that it's... Like, the first time I watched it, I remember... Because I was younger and had not seen as many movies. Yes. That it was, like, one of the most, like, mind-blowingly, like, fatalistic things I'd ever been subjected to. That's kind of true. Um... 
but then also the, the show kind of like ends up walking, like the movie ends up walking that back in a way that I think sucks. And then its final conclusion is to take all the worst things that happen thematically and carry them forward. But none of the actual like responsibility that is entailed with all of that. Yeah. Uh, so the, the plot of the movie as it is, uh, Sele is here, and they and get, they are going to fight Gendo because they both want instrumentality, but in a nebulously different way. You can look up on a wiki, but honestly, none of the show and movie really support reading into. It's so terrible. Oh my god! So like the entire show is everyone investigating into, it and then the answers like the way it is able to salvage a kind of good ending, at least for me, like with millions of asterisks we're just going to, the way it's able to salvage that ending is literally dropping all of its plots in the final two episodes because it all sucks so much. Yes. Uh, so if, if someone wants to know, the main point is that Gendo wants human instrumentality for everyone or whatever, and Sele want to like put their souls in the like awakened Evangelion as like an arc to survive instrumentality and become gods of a new world. I thought Sailor was like, we don't want to use either as the arc. No, they want to, I think they want to do that and Gendo does not. Gendo just wants everyone to be in the suit. Uh, I mean, Gendo wants everyone to be in the suit specifically so he can be with Yui. Like, Gendo is yes. using instrumentality as an end. Yes. Um, because. And but, this is, but they basically want the same thing, but with like slight asterisks. This is just like warring Christian sex at this point. Uh. Yeah, and it all comes into one, like, literally one scene, because I didn't put any of this in the show, because the show wasn't really about this. So there's one scene at the start of the movie where they go, we don't want either for this, we are going to instrumentality for this, and they're like, death is what you shall have. And, like, that's it. That's all you get to the motivations of everything that happens in this movie. That is the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, so, th so they send the military into Nerve, and Nerve then proceeds to, like, gun down basically almost everyone who isn't a main character. Uh, yeah, there's a real extended sequence of everyone getting murdered. Now that they can murder people, they sure do. Yeah, it's just like hallways awash with blood, like doors get opened and then like a soldier fires a flamethrower into a room of people who scream. It's fucking awful. I vividly remember the first time I watched this being like, um, at the 20 minute point of the movie realizing there was no way it could be good because... Uh, because having just come off of the ending and being like, the thing I am rooting for here is for Shinji to figure out his bullshit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so what's happening in this, while this is going on, Misato, who is the only person who, like, is able to handle this, uh, puts the comatose Asuka in, a, in Eva 2 and sends her in the bottom of a lake. Like, uh, they won't find her. Hopefully she can wake up and do something someday. And then drags a basically comatose Shinji through the plot until he gets in a robot. Yeah, like, Shinji is so comatose and incompetent and unable, like, because of the trauma episode, like, the preceding episodes, he's unable to do anything. Um, mm -hmm. This is the least interesting Shinji to me, the, like, oh, he's so depressed that he can't, like, he can't even function, and because of his incompetence, everyone dies around him. Like, yes. it is, um, it's disrespectful to, like, Shinji as a character. I feel like the show, even uh, the show's grossest, it was never this, like, hatefully nihilistic about everything. Yes. Also, none of it matters because then Shinji, like, gets an out at the end, which we'll get to. So, yeah. So, so he gets a... Uh, okay, no. Let's, we have to do the, the, the actual thing that matters in this movie first. No, no, no. But before that, let's talk about what happens to the rest of Nerve. So, okay. um, Ritsuko is trying to, like, prevent oh, an explosion, right? Or whatever. Uh, no. Um, She's trying to prevent uh, hacking or something. She's because she's hacking. dealing with Casper, right? Uh, the, the the trying to prevent the self destruct sequence. Oh, is the right, same right. Okay, so let's like yeah, so, so so Gendo takes Ray down to the bottom. He's going to like use her and fuse with the angel, and that will trigger uh, third impact. 
and instrumentality, which is yes. what he wants. Um, Ritsuko is down there being like, I'm going to stop you because you never cared about me. You, you just fucked me and left me to die. Um, and she's going to blow this whole place up. And then she goes to trigger the explosion and the Magi computer Casper, which is the soul of her mother as a woman, uh, refuses because she's still loyal to Gendo where Ritsuko is like a two-timing bitch. And then Gendo shoots her and that's what happens to Ritsuko. It fucking sucks. Literally, I was furious. Like, how is this... Ritsuko's a character I like. Yep. <laughs> and she doesn't have, like... Like, all of her uh, bullshit has been more, like... It's been very, like, ah, oh, my cat died. I didn't see her because I left her with my grandma because I've been busy, but now I miss her and now I feel weird. Like, it just... Like, her stuff is kind of, like, um... Put to the background, but it's a very, like, uh... Adult kind of, uh... Like, neurosis, as opposed to Shinji's very adolescent, just everything is calamitous all the time. Yes. Um, so I, I like Ritsuko is a character who you should come to the show and watch as an adult and be like, oh, this is the one I see myself in now, whereas I saw myself in the children before. Uh, and they just destroy her in every way possible. Even her mother is like, uh, no, I am actually still loyal to Gendo. Um, yep. And it's presented as like a horrifying thing you're meant to be shocked at, but <sighs> there's no empathy towards Ritsuko. It, it, I, I don't know. I hate it so much. Uh, speaking of ill-treated women, Masato trying to coax Shinji into moving and getting in the robot, uh, like, basically is sitting outside the elevator to the Eva Bay, and it's like, Shinji, you need to do this, and you're the only one who can save us, and he's not responsive, so she gives him her cross necklace, she's like, I'm gonna be back for this, and then kisses him and says, if you come back, he, she basically implies, if you come back, I'll fuck you, and then push him, push him in the elevator as she dies. Oh, so she got killed by just a random soldier? I think she gets shot, yeah, and then yeah, she, she explodes shortly after. Because they're, they're like, that area is scheduled for demolition, which is why they don't follow her. Yes. Um, but everyone else gets, like, a thematically appropriate death, right? Like, bad though it is, like, Asuka gets... I mean, the, I guess she gets a thematically appropriate one in that she literally dies to motivate Shinji to get in the robot, which sure, is the, the most is fucking the big... Yes. I mean, you're right. Like, that scene is. Uh, when I say thematically appropriate, I don't mean good. Um, yeah. But, like, the Ritsuko stuff is the head. Like, it comes. It's the head of what they were doing with that character. Uh, so is the Asuka stuff. So is the Ray stuff. Like, um, and then she just gets killed randomly when her time of, like, fixing Shinji is done. And yeah. maybe that's because, like, her actual. Um, because the show can't really conceive of, like, characters without men to define them. Without Kaji, Mi Mi Misato is basically just kind of, like, listless for the rest of the se series. Yes. Um, and, oh, this... So, there's a bit, uh, going back to the show, there's a bit in, like, maybe, like, 24, probably, yes. maybe 25, mm -hmm. where... Uh, Misato comes in to comfort Shinji when he's like at his, at his worst and she like sits on the bed and then like holds his hand and she's like I'm sorry this is all I can do for you and like leans into him and my partner was like is she like trying to kiss him is she like gonna fuck him or something and I was like I don't think that's what this show is doing but in the in the like view of what this movie does maybe it was uh yeah uh I um the only read that makes sense in the Masada stuff, like the way to like actually bring yourself to not hate it is that her whole thing is she's basically still a kid inside because, you know, that's what being an adult is. And she's trying to be like a surrogate parent to this child that she cares about. That is yeah, but like best. making but, making your main woman, oh, she's yeah. like a child inside when no one else gets that is the fucking most bullshit. Yeah, I know. Like toxic masculine sexist nonsense. I and hate the it. Good I hate version it so of, that's the good version of it. Because the bad version yep. of it is she's trying to fuck him. Yeah. Um, and We're like, like oh, scene... she's just going to fuck this kid to make him feel better, which, I, like, God. But th this the, scene the, doesn't the, play the myopic like worldview that requires you to make that the plot point. This scene doesn't even play like it's, um, 
she knows that Shinji is a fucked up mess and is just like doing litter. Like, it doesn't play that she's just doing this to make him get in the robot. It plays as like no. it's like a, that it's revealing an undercurrent to their relationship. Like no. she is included in the weird um, Oedipus miasma women uh, of like the people that Shinji wants to fuck but can't actually act on because he's a fourteen year old coward. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, I hate it. Yeah. Um, so a hilarious sentence on the Wikipedia summary of this is, meanwhile, inside Unit 02, Asuka overcomes her trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in what is one of the only good moments, like, in this movie, uh, Asuka realizing that, um, her mother is with her always, uh, and yeah. she doesn't have to feel abandoned, uh, even though she's gone, uh, is like the catharsis she should have got in the show. Uh, yeah, she like realizes that her pride is like worth something to her, and that's all that really matters because she's enough. So, because I was an idiot, the first time I watched this show, I didn't realize the mums were in the Evas. <laughs> <laughs> this makes all this stuff way better when it's not your mums in the Eva. Yeah. When it's an actual realization about herself and what she wants, and not just do you want to stay in the womb, which is just, oh God, which is like rewatching the show and like, oh, right, that's doing that all the time. Like, yeah. All the time. Yeah. Uh, like, literally, Shinji dissolves into the womb miasma. He's not even, he's like unborn in episode 20. It is not subtle. Um, yeah. But I, the first time, like, not picking up on that stuff because I didn't even consider that, like, you know, but because the show is vague enough about its, like, souls and stuff, you can, like, miss some things very easily. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was, like, just took this as just a character bit before. Uh, I mean, it's a really good character bit, even yes. with the fucking her mom's the robot thing. Uh, yeah. I, but, like, it is, it is what Asuka needed in the show. Uh, it yep. ends up being kind of shat on, kind of completely shat on by this movie. But for this one moment where she realizes that she can be herself and regains a hundred percent sync rate, uh, and fights all of uh, the JSDF, and then all the mass production evas. So yeah, you get a like several minutes. I guess it's just like the the what is it three minutes when the evas are disconnected or whatever because her thing gets disconnected instantly, basically. Five well, minutes. Fi- it's she, five minutes. It's, it's five minutes, uh, but it's like. She fights with the umbilical cord for a while. Uh, yeah. Umbilical cord. Get it? Um, and then they shoot it off, and then the Evas arrive, and she has yeah. three and a half minutes. So uh, you just get, you just get like, five minutes of the fucking best mech fighting that I've probably ever seen so, to date. We have not yet seen the Gundam where it gets expensive, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, where she's just, like, throwing boats at tanks and catching missiles with her face, and just, like... And she's so, like, rapturous in being able to gleefully destroy all of these people. It's amazing. Yeah, it is It is the thing in this movie. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely my favorite part of this movie. And because this movie can't let us have any joy, uh, she basically, like, succeeds and is like, oh, I did it! And then all of the mass production Avas regenerate and proceed to fucking murder her Ava and, I guess, her by proxy. Uh, yeah, and, like, the... Um... Asuka getting murdered is like the catalyst to get Shinji to like do the scream, right? Like, yeah, because she... he wake he wakes up and gets in the robot. The robot's out there, and he sees her like 
pieces of her Ava being dragged away by like the bird-like mass production Avas. Yeah, like basically he gets in the robot and is like, oh, finally I'm going to do it. I'm going to do something in this movie. You've been waiting for 40 minutes for him to literally make any choice whatsoever. Gets in, sees that Oscar's been killed, and then just screams and doesn't do anything. Continues and then credits. And credits! <laughs> That's <laughs> the, the end of the guys. first half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so the second half uh, is... We get we cut we go back to Gendo and Ray standing there in the pool as Ritsuko is just like dead on like stage right the rest of the time, yeah, uh, which is a big fucking bummer. Um, and Gendo's like, it's time for us to merge and create the impact. Um, and then Ray basically is like, yeah, let's do that, but you're not going to be a part of it. And uh, but she chops off his hand, right? Well, he his hand is Adam. Yeah, uh, but she takes his hand and not the rest of him. Yeah, she's basically like, goodbye, I'm not your doll, I'm leaving you, which is a bit rich for this movie to be like, yeah, you tell him. Yes, uh, <laughs> like, it is technically the only really good choice anyone makes in this movie, but also, uh, it feels, like, too little too late. <laughs> well, but it's, it's yes, but it's, like, dumber than that, because it's actually what she's doing is like, no, I will leave the choice up to Shinji, and... Yes, no, that's true, which, which, because Rei doesn't actually have personhood ever. Uh, Nope. All she has done is transfer her, like, loving affection from the dad to the son. Uh, yes. The show is about medicine. You want to talk about fucking Freudian bullshit. Yeah. But uh, the, the one of the most striking things, the thing I think I'm, like, most into in Evangelion then happens, where she merges with Lilith and turns into a giant version of herself, and this new vision of instrumentality happens... Uh, where a giant angel ray absorbs all of the souls of humanity as like cross beams fire across the earth and uh, mysterious ghost rays show up to everyone and hug them and then they explode into LCL you're and it's just you're forgetting yes. the worst part of this I mean there's the part where the Ava's crucified but that doesn't matter oh no I meant the part where that's not the part where Fiyuski's monologuing every single thing that happens. <laughs> Look, none of that matters. Oh, the <laughs> door of God is opening. stupid. No, but that's why this movie exists. It's just so that, like, instrumentality has, like, reasons to explain it. It's, ugh. Uh, the Chamber of Guff is maybe the stupidest part of Evangelion. <laughs> oh, so, the Black if, Moon has returned to its original form. <laughs> if you ever want... So I was looking up uh, <laughs> the whole scene on YouTube, and I found it in English. And if you ever want to, like, suffer bad dubs, a uh, bored-sounding, like, animation office intern who voices Fiyutsuki narrating this is maybe the best thing in the world. The Chamber of Guff is opening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. Well, so all this happens. Uh, Shinji has been crucified by the, like, Lance of Longinus, right? Yep. Um, and then he is turned into, like, a giant, like, cross-shaped lance, uh, which, like, descends into the forehead of the giant ray angel. There's just a lot of, like, bullshit, uh, like... In capital room. S symbology happening right now, but all of it is like the dumbest, like JRPGs borrowing from whatever religion interests the character designer. Yeah, no, it's not meaningful. Yeah. Uh, um, but then there's like this dream, the, a series of dreams. In fact, um, yes. is this where they do the live action stuff? That's weird. Nope that that is at the end. Of After this. okay, great. So there, the what the thing that matters is where he, there's like a scene of him arguing with Asuka in their apartment. 
Yes. Um, and it's just like all the stuff Asuka's heaped on him. And Shinji's choice in that moment is to like grab Asuka by the neck and start to strangle her, which is when Come Susser Todd starts playing, which is a great song um, over a bunch of hot bullshit here. Uh, because uh, yeah. his whole thing is like, everyone needs to die. And I'm going to start with you, Asuka, the person who has wronged me the most or whatever bullshit you want to assign to this moment. <laughs> but just like imagine, like I'm imagining, I know I have to imagine this happened to me coming into this movie, being like, oh, Shinji, I want to see him succeed. Starts off uh, at like masturbating over Asuka, gets to this scene where Asuka says, I know you've been masturbating over me. He goes, that's fair. You need to die now. Then, like, <laughs> then the song <sub> yeah. plays. <laughs> like, like the cathartic moment for Shinji is depicting like historical violence against women for calling out men for committing violence against women. Like it's the fucking most awful thing that's possible. I really hate this movie. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, so then he's like, oh, everyone needs to die. I've like, I'm going to kill Asuka and this is the right thing in the world. And that's when the like Ray angel converts everyone to LCL and turns everyone into single consciousness, which is, where Shinji starts hallucinating live action footage. Uh, it's after it all finishes. Yes. So yeah, so, so yeah, like everyone finish. Uh, I do want to mention the scene where um, everyone dies in nerve and comes to the t- t- place. Um, yes. I kind of like that scene, uh, if only because I am grateful for any of the scraps of characterization we get between any of the nerve characters. Oh, you mean the the three technicians whose names I never remember because they're uh, barely characters? Uh, I wish Hugo got more to do. Uh, they should have made, given Hugo some stuff to do. Which one's that? Which uh, one's he's that? the guy who has a crush on Masada who keeps leaking information. I like oh, right. their kind of weird relationship at the end of that show where like her boyfriend's dead, everything's falling to shit. So she's just like leaning on this shitty, like nice boy. I don't know. There's something yeah. honest about that that I like. The, the show doesn't like the show is so uh, wrapped up in yelling at Masada for other bullshit that doesn't even realize this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have seen in the f- anime fandom grabbing onto any straw presented to them. Uh, uh, the Ritz scene Scott with, Ilum? yes. So Ritsuko is her being presented as Ritsuko is like a lesbian, even though she's currently dead because her jilted lover Shinji's dad shot her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like I could take the the other character definitely on the question Ritsuko. That's true, but like Third Impact isn't. It's literally just people's like desires becoming true as they melt into the soup. Like, that's all uh, the one thing that I think is interesting here, and I I think I hate it because um you refuse is no the thing like. Uh, there, when all of the rays show up and turn everyone to LCL, it doesn't happen to Gendo. Well, no. That's, that was but the it, point. What? Yeah, but like the idea that like Shinji gets to make this decision, but Gendo is like too irredeemable to be like brought into this future of like everyone gets this choice is the like the dumbest thing possible. It's so wrapped up in Shinji being the special boy that it fucking like makes Gendo irredeemable, but Shinji not in a way that I don't understand ever. I, I mean, this scene is very out of place in this movie. Like that's why I brought it up at the end of the show, because it's like where Gendo admits that this, he's been doing this to protect himself and he's also a coward. And we see him as like the dark version of Shinji. Problem is this movie is already the darkest version of Shinji possible. Yes. <laughs> like, so you can't do that in a show that's about, like in a movie that's about like that it doesn't fit um i don't understand i don't know i don't i don't get it because i like the idea of oh he's doing this to become one with everyone but because he his quest to become one with everyone results in him using literally everyone on the way he gets rejected that is like thematically works fine as a thing in isolation when you bring it into what this movie is uh it just falls apart completely which is true of a lot of things about this film yep 
Uh, so then live action live footage. Action. Yes. Which cosplay. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we get the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 happening. <laughs> this, uh, this makes me like Metal Gear Solid 2 a lot more. Um, so the thing, the, the, I, I feel the other way because clearly Kojima saw this movie and was like, fucking, yeah, this is great. <laughs> and then put it in his video game. Uh, yeah, but he didn't carry any of the themes. He just was like, because he's Kojima, he was just like, yeah, I like shots of pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I get why this breaks the way it does for both of us. I think it informs, like, it speaks a lot to who we are as people. <laughs> we, we feel opposite about the exact same thing here. <laughs> Like this really cynical, awful thing. It was like, yes, shots of pedestrians. Yeah, <laughs> very funny to me. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, we get the cosplay. It's the voice actresses for the characters, right? I think so. Like there was a cut scene that had all the voice actors for the characters, uh, and it was like the inverse of the show where he saw a reality without him. Um, but probably cut it because they're the voice actors, so you didn't know who they were. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it literally just played, like, as if this was Ray. Like, it was Ray was dating Toji. I think I've, I've seen the scene once. I didn't revisit it for this because it's long and bad. Um, and I watched it enough. Uh, but, yeah, it's like Shinji sees the world without himself, but it's live action for no reason. Um, other than because that's postmodern. Okay. And then at what point, I don't remember what makes Shinji realize that life, even when you suffer, is good because I don't know how that comes as to a conclusion out of it's, all of this it's, we've been it's, subjected to. It's nothing. To. He doesn't. It's, um, so wh- what do you read the end of this movie as? Because I feel like you saying Shinji gets an out is not true. I've, I don't know. I don't understand. So you... Shinji is like a fucking awful person who allows yes. all these people to die because of his inaction. And then he's like, everyone should die. So everyone turns into the LCL. And then when he's like, Oh no, life is about happiness and sadness. Life is just fine the way it is. Then what is happens is the Ray angel like falls apart. And there's like a, uh, I don't know who narrates this. Is this Fiyutsuki early on or whatever? I don't remember. Basically it said that, the so, like everyone who's right. been absorbed oh everyone who's been absorbed gets the choice to come back or not so everyone who's been wronged by shinji all these characters who died to like save him now can just choose to reincarnate in a new world where none of this mattered mm-hmm. that is true uh that is what happens i don't see it as I, I see it as way more awful on shinji's behalf like what shinji happens is he's like everyone should die and then ray's gone ray's like okay everyone's dead and then he's like this sucks too i want it back like it's yeah. literally what he does. But then, like he gets to he gets to fucking end the world. Give it like is says that that's going to happen, and then the minute that he thinks about it, is given like a happy ending where everyone can reincarnate in a world that is like beyond this thing now. Where like is- ostensibly like they are all going to re like everyone is going to be reborn on Earth, and they can like get over it. And Shinji, who has been responsible for all of this, doesn't have to face any of the consequences of his actions. Um. Hmm. Like, I guess that's true. I'm trying to think about how I, like, all my reads of this ending is way more, like, tied up in just the fact that Shinji does nothing, is awful the entire time, is the the most evil character who's ever existed, and then doesn't even, like, live with his own choice. Yeah, Uh, I mean, that's basically what I said. Yeah, no, it is, but, like, I don't think that the movie's letting him off. I think in the movie is, um, it thinks it's more like, uh, I'm trying to, hmm. 
Like he he gets what he wants, and then he like hates that as well. He hates all outcomes. Yeah, but the, no the movie the him. movie portrays his choice as like he finally came to the right conclusion, like the same way he did in twenty six. But that's not what actually happens here. What happens is he once again abdicates responsibility, and the world goes on and resets itself. I just don't. I think the thing you are saying happens happens. I just don't think that. I, I at no point do I think that this he figures it out. Or that the movie even thinks he figures it out. I think the movie thinks that a lot. How could it think that if the first thing he does is strangle Oscar again? Because the movie doesn't think that that's as bad as it is. It, then I don't even. I don't because, even know what so, the so what happens the is terms, the head then. falls apart, and the two people who decide to choose life first are Oscar, who it makes sense given that she died in the middle of like being the most live moss person in the world, and. <laughs> Shinji, who apparently just decides to go on living because he doesn't know what else to do, yes. uh, like wash up on the sea at the end of the world with like the giant head in the back. Everyone knows this image. Um, and then Shinji looks over at Asuka and then like crawls on top of her and begins to strangle her. Uh, but then she wakes up realizing this is happening. And instead of like doing anything Asuka would do in this situation, reaches up and like affectionately touches Shinji's face and then like says how disgusting or whatever. And then it ends because... Apparently, this is the good thing to have happened. I don't think this is the good thing to have happened. But there is no world in which this is good. Even on the movie's template, this is good. I think. I think. Just- I think the show depicts this as like. In a world in which so much of Ava's story is like the cycles of abused women sticking by their fucking awful man, that Asuka is being strangled and then still like caresses Shinji's face is just Gendo again. Well, yeah. Um, that's true. But like the the movie went out of its way to say Shinji is not Gendo. He is better than Gendo. And here he is being the most Gendo ass motherfucker at the end of the world. I don't like, you're like, you're not wrong. I'm not disagreeing with any of you. I'm just really confused about what this movie is even saying then, because like he, the movie deliberately makes him awful and knows he's awful. Uh, like, unless it literally doesn't think that Shinji abdicating all responsibility for the entire movie, giving up, like killing everyone and then going, Oh, I don't even like this. Uh, like his his realization in quotes is literally just going oh this sucks too i guess bring it back like it's not treated with the gravitas that his realization in the movie in the show is like if you think that the show if this this film really thinks that that is actually the right thing then like you might be right but then it just like i don't even know how you can make something that bad (laughs) yeah so a large person the fan base thinks that this is like a weird joke of like this is like he comes back to life after saving the world and the first thing he does is go right back on his bullshit or whatever and that's true but so much of this story has been about like these cycles of uh, this stuff, like kind of unexamined as like, like Gendo is a bad guy, but not because he fucking like did all this stuff to Ritsuko. It's because he's like, wants us all for selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. Like it never really condemns him for Ritsuko stuff. Uh, it condemns him for treating Shinji bad and wanting to be with his wife and being willing to sacrifice people to do it. Um, well, yeah. Well, like the, the way it, um, thinks of all these abusive relationships is that both sides are as bad as each other because it can't perceive of like power and abuse it can only perceive yeah. of like people being fucked up in different ways and that's all equal it is incapable so, of saying like no you have done a bad thing so to me this final scene of Shinji strangling Asuka who then like finally has affection for him in a way she never did is like depicting this as like the primordial state of nature where women love men who abuse them. And I think that's what Anno believes. And I think it fucking sucks. Hmm. I don't think it believes that because she literally goes disgusting. And then like the movie. Yeah, but she still does it. Yeah. Like there's no, like I can't reconcile those two actions. You're right about that. Like I literally, like this movie makes no sense. I don't understand what it's trying to say. Like, Um, like this is basically like the 
exact plot of Antichrist, but that's like a horror yes. movie. Yeah, and I mean, you're not right. I would think of Antichrist the entire time with this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I remember the like uh, anecdote about how that line was like originally, I wouldn't let myself be killed by you of all people. Um, and then like the voice actress, none of it worked. She was like, and I think that like the thing that Anna basically said is if someone came in to your uh, room in the middle of the night and tried to rape you but couldn't even do that, what would you say? Like that is, that is what it is at, According to this anecdote, at least, I don't know if that's 100% true, but that is what is in Anna's mind about this ending. Um, but, I don't know what the but fuck that, that says. Like, all like, that, like, <sighs> that how disgusting then implies, like, a certain disdain that he couldn't even be man enough to do it, which is really toxic and yeah, bad. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's, like, good, but I'm saying that, like, it is... I don't know what it's condemning, and other than... Um, I don't even understand the levels that this film was like doing this on because it's so incoherent about this stuff because half of it's carried over from the show that was like on a different level of bullshit half of it's like this new stuff that like this weird psychosexual awfulness about the like primordial cycles of abuse towards women um, but without even realizing it's about that so I, I can't even t- like I don't I can't tell what's intentional what's not and uh, other than I know that it all sucks <laughs> <laughs> yes that's my opinion also uh, i think i think it's like one of the my most myopic sexist pieces of media i've ever seen yeah like you're not wrong like the existence of interview makes it hard to like even go back to the show on any level ever because um and the like the fact that the entire that at least for me the thing you have to do to like pretend to like the show or to, to like the show at any level is to like gags to bring yourself to tell you to tell yourself they made this as a joke which i don't think they did I don't think even true. if it's a joke it's not a it's not a funny joke but it's like meant to be a condemnation of all these bad men but it is not smart enough to be like the good read of this movie quote unquote is that it is condemning all these things but it's just not yeah uh, that would that would make sense if the show didn't just have all these things in it in like a lower key level <laughs> yeah it's like, it's impossible for me to look at this and not think Anno just thinks that, like, men and women do be like that sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. We will get into... So we'll get into this next time because, the, like, they made movies that are about what if this cycle happened again and things were different. They literally did that. Um, so there is stuff there. And then they, that still isn't over. So we don't even know where that's going to land. Um, so I don't know. I, I always... Like, in my uh, assumption, I was always like... Um, I always thought this was like the bad end, uh, but maybe this will just be how the other one ends as well. Yeah. Who can say? Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's a bad movie. Yep. I, uh, I hate it. I, I can't. So the, the main break in me and Jackson's opinion is I can't divorce this from the show and Jackson has to. <laughs> I have, like, I, I can't even like having this conversation. I'm like I can't disagree with any of these things. Like these are all true. <laughs> and I think them as well. How can I like this? Um, uh, like, the, the, I don't think, I guess my only defense is that I don't think either is as coherent as this. Uh, as you're saying, I don't think it has a coherent worldview. I think its worldview depends, uh, like changes based on how depressed it is and it is at any given moment. Uh, um, yeah, sure. As someone like reading the show, I'm going to like take it like just saying all the creator is inconstant and thus we can never say anything about the show doesn't yeah. help me at all. I'm as someone who's trying to be critical, I'm saying the best defense you can make is that it's incoherent. Yes, <laughs> it's literally the words that I said. Like that's not but a like, good. But like, platform. it's two visions. It's two visions of lucidity. Is maybe the depressed boy should get over himself and abuse is good and natural. Uh. <sighs> We will get into this next time because I real the first a little preview. I thought the first two Evangelion rebuild movies were like this incredible like 
examination of these things. And then I got to the third one and was like, oh. <laughs> no, it's not. It does not realise these things at all, does it? Uh, so we'll see you next time, because yeah, um, when I rewatched this uh, recently, I like thought the show was good. I enjoyed myself, hated this movie, and then the rebuild, the first two rebuilds were like shocking to me in what they were and the things they like seemed to understand about what Eva was. Uh, that kind of fell apart in the third one. Um, this is my preview for my takes on that, and we'll like why this isn't even this isn't even finished yet for me. God. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we've got a bunch of emails we should probably just rush through because we've been here forever. yeah no let's we're not gonna rush them we're gonna give them the time we asked people so many times and people send us so many true. emails that we're going to give we're gonna trade off so i'm gonna start with the crass one we're gonna go from the bottom up. okay so our friend crass wrote in everyone has their own personal this is the worst thing in neon genesis evangelion but i would like to posit the canonical worst thing death and rebirth the recap movie from 1997 that's never discussed so when i watched this the first time i watched death and rebirth after the show and then went into end because we didn't know we just were handed all the dvds and said watch this <laughs> um and um you know having been subjected to ava for the first time where you're like what the fuck's going on death and rebirth was really helpful <laughs> just like a cliff notes yeah Rewatching the first half of the movie twice was weird um and probably has a lot to do with why I think of Shinji fucking masturbating over Asuka as, like, my defining feature of Evangelion and why I don't like it. <laughs> but God. there is the bit where they all play music, and that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the show needs more stuff like that. Uh, the sh- like, the yep. show needs more moments where everything is okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. You're wrong, Crass. We went into the worst stuff. That's what this podcast was about, but you wouldn't know this. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, I got my next email. It is from uh, Adam Pollack. Uh, it is, have you seen slash have any thoughts on Insufficient Direction, the series created by uh, Miyoko Anna, which is Anna's wife. Uh, I had not heard of this. Uh, I went and looked it up and read a couple of volumes. It, what it is, is a um, short like gag manga about about being Anna's wife. <laughs> that's, li- that's literally what it is. It is like, she is uh like it's all pretend in shibby form uh and anno is like called director kun uh and it's just like short gag manga about their life together um it's bad uh it's not a bad thing but it makes me like anno even less if that was possible because uh, it's literally just a lot of um like her being like, I'm going to be a good otaku wife. And uh, Anna being like, today we're going to watch, uh, you know, we're going to watch this uh, this thing that matters. I get, get up at seven every Sunday to watch the current, uh, like, you know, Sentai show. Like, it's just that window into his life where he's just quoting Gundam all the time. Uh, the idea that he hates weebs is hilarious. Like, that he hates otaku is incredible. Because uh, it's so clearly not true. He just is one. Um but that that idea comes up a lot that he's like really critical of the people who can't understand his work because of anime culture is bad. Uh, that is just fundamentally untrue. Uh, is my main takeaway from that. Uh, uh, okay. She's good at art. I don't know. I might read more of her manga. Okay, that's what I would say. Also, uh, we have an email from Josh, uh, which was: You have a gun to your head, and you're forced to write a novel link fanfic about Ava. Which character or subject would you focus on? I I mean, we both would choose the same thing, right? Uh, I mean, I'd choose the adults when they were in college yeah. in like 2002. Yeah, like it's the one of the best parts of that show and they don't explore it enough. Um, we already know that Evangelion liked, uh, lifted a lot of its themes and concepts from its predecessors, but is there any lesson or in concept that you wish Evangelion had learned from its predecessors that they didn't? 
Um, Speaking of like other mech shows, I guess. I mean, what we really have to uh, tie it to is like Gundam, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Uh, what do you wish Ava took from Gundam that it did not? This is very damning to be better about women. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. I think about the like how shitty Eva is to uh, to women and how shitty Gundam is to women, but like there is no space in Eva for someone like uh, Rekua. Like yeah. it literally doesn't exist. Like a woman who sucks, but on her own terms for, from her own experiences is like inconceivable to this show. Yeah, uh, I would say like I think Gundam is much better about showing that the universe does not in fact revolve around its protagonist, uh, even though sometimes the protagonists think that that's true. Um, and I wish Ava was a little less in Shinji's head all the time. I wish there was more other people, which I guess is basically what you're saying. Yes, but I would disagree with that in the sense of like, I actually like that it ties its main character psychology to the state of the world. I think that's fine. I think you can do that well. Like just literally talking about Final Fantasy X, I think that, that is a thing that takes that theme and runs with it a bit better in terms yep. of like, what if the entire fate of the universe depended on a sad boy's brain? Um, yep. You can do that better than Eva does. Yep. And part three of the question, which of the multitude of Evangelion endings and non-endings do you feel in your heart is the true ending? None of them. So the thing we didn't bring up, which I truly believe about Evangelion, is that if Shinji had just gotten on that train in like episode three or four and left, none like the exact same show would have happened, basically. Shinji just wouldn't have been there for it. So why don't we just, uh, none of this matters. And the ending is that instrumentality was always going to happen and all of this is just people casting about with some bullshit. Uh, I mean, that is that is fundamentally true. There are, like, four different cycles of this playing out. Yep. Uh, as, like, there's the show, there's End of Eva, there's the manga, there's rebuilds. There's, like, and they're all treated as, like, what if this happened again? Um, yep. So, yeah, I don't know. None of them. Like, my favorite quote-unquote ending is in the middle of the rebuild movies. So that's how fucked I am. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to take the next one. Someone, uh, Sebastian wrote in asking about uh, End of oh. Evangelion and Evangelion in the context of Twin Peaks. Like, um, they wanted answers in kind of the way they kind of want Twin Peaks answers. And they're curious about the ways in which Ava doesn't give answers the way Twin Peaks doesn't give an answers. Um, if you want to go to the uh, Evangelion wiki, what's the name of that site, Jackson? <sighs> it's Eva Geeks, I think it is. Yeah, you can find answers. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want them. But they exist. Concrete answers for everything that happens in Evangelion do exist, and they are incomprehensible because they're from the lore of a video game, mostly. But, but also they line up exactly with, like, offhanded lines at the end of Eva that don't make sense. So, like, they are true. Like, someone yes. out there wrote yeah. them out. No, they're true, but much in the way you don't want to read the Mark Frost, like, book about Twin Peaks, you don't want these answers about Evangelion. But the, the fact that they were there at all uh, is insane, considering that I still don't know what Sally actually wants. Like... <laughs> the things you would think that they would have the answers about like you know like oh god yeah there are answers they're all bad mm -hmm. the black uh, moon yeah do you want to do the question the answer the question from dorian uh okay this is dorian's question uh so here's the thing i understand on some level that there's a lot of gross stuff in eva a lot of things that would normally make me decide to stop watching but i can't yeah i know we probably should but i, I feel you uh, eva was really important to me in high school watching a show about depressed teens when i was a depressed teen made me feel like real the show had seemed to take this problem seriously it made the work of living with depression to a big interstellar battle with impossibly high stakes which felt true even though it was just me and my feelings seeing these characters grow and learn and suffer in the ways that i had suffered really helped me that's probably why i was so defensive about shinji in certain ways that's in brackets to be like not in the ways where he masturbates over a woman uh <laughs> 
it's kind of stupid, but I can't forget how the show was there for me, Dorian. I, you know, big same. I understand. M's all free. Of, M doesn't have any of this baggage. <laughs> so all of that is fine. I'm not here to say like people shouldn't like Avon. Well, you know, I am kind of like people should be critical of the things Ava does. If you identify with Shinji, that's not the end of the world. It's fine. Especially there's a lot of Shinji, especially in the show when you discount end of Ava, that is very relatable. And most of it isn't even that bad outside of the stuff. Anno like puts him in, in the context of the rest of the characters. Um, like Shinji isn't responsible for the fact that Anno doesn't care about women. Right. Yes. No. Yeah. And like, um, I don't know. I, I'm about to say a thing. Okay. <laughs> Being an Ava fan is not unlike being a Harry Potter fan. So I was going to say, before you do anything, um, in, the, in the immortal words of Streetcast, which is a great podcast at Streetcast called Streaking Shack, uh, watch another show and read another book, please. Yeah. There are many good pieces of media about living with depression, and I urge you to find them and find media that you can also identify with that doesn't need you to like look past a lot of really bad gender politics you object to. You yep. can still like Shinji forever, but please also reach out and find new things. Yep. The thing I would say is that like, uh, Evangelion is very unique and like, incredibly good at this stuff in the context of I just watch shonen anime. Like, it is revolutionary, but even, like, with all the asterisks, if your context is very low, uh, go read some books. It's what I've done. Like, it, like, there's a lot out there that will make you feel a lot better. Um, and even doesn't then have to mean that much. Like, there is so much that you can pull from. And you can just take what you need and then be like, fuck this guy and move on. Which is kind of what I'm trying to do. Yep. Okay, we have another email from Crass here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what is the worst parent dynamic in the series? We get a, a list of options. Shinji and Gendo and Yui, Asuka and her parents, Ritsuko and her mom, Masato and Kaji, which fucking... <laughs> that is a brutal question to ask there. That's so um, mean. The pilots and Masato slash Kaji, uh, and us and Anno, which, uh, no, absolutely not. I reject that one on principle. Yeah. I mean, you have to be an Eva fan for that to count. You have, as, yes. you have rejected the bullshit. You have, you are the judo of Eda, Eva. <laughs> Um, if you want to read Masato and Kaji that way, it, it almost is that one, but it's probably Ritsuko and her mom in the ways it plays out in End of Ava. Uh, unquestionably Ritsuko. Uh, Kaji dying before the stuff goes real bad is helpful for him. He yes. exists as like a, like, he exists as Kaji and then it, like, in the period where he's alive and the show is about their relationship, uh, he isn't, like, a substitute for his dad. That bullshit's all inside uh, Misato's head and he's, like, there and letting her work through it. Yes, um, in a that- show full of, like, weird gross stuff, Kaji is, like, a really steady, like, stand-up guy in the show. It's really strange. Uh, Kaji's great. Yep. There's a, there's, a, there's a rebuild scene with Kaji that I'm interested for you to get to that you'll be like, what the fuck? But aside from that, Kaji's pretty good. Okay. Um, and what is the other crass question? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, it was just a PS. PS, I asked... Oh, okay, yes. Um. <laughs> oh, crass. Uh, Crass says I'm just going to call out Crass because uh, Crass is a good friend I asked this because either the first thing I remember that showed me that my parents were as messed up as mine were and seeing that there is some hope for happiness outside of your family was a big influence on team me before I realized that's what I was responding to I either where's the Crass could you write in and explain what happiness you're talking about because I I literally don't know what you're talking about at all the world ends as they just repeat the same mistakes forever and nothing changes (laughs) Uh, okay well thanks Crass 
Uh, I'm all right ribbing Crass a little bit, so. Oh, no, we love Crass. Everyone else we're going to be nice to, but Crass is our good friend, so if you can't be mean to Crass, we can. <laughs> um, can I just, like... Director's uh, editor's note here and say because we're reading these emails in Gmail and Gmail now has like automatic. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. This is just an important proof it, but it's still true and good. It's just an automatic like a uh, short one word Bioware dialogue tree responses. Someone will be like, uh, "I thought this about Ava, but I didn't like when he masturbated over the woman." And then like things are cool. I'll check it out. Glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. All right, uh, Hunter's next. Yes. Uh, hey, Emma Jackson, I'll just get right to it. I watched it even when I was 16, which is probably the best age to watch it. It seemed really complicated in ways I didn't get. The fights were cool. Shinji was the first time I ever saw a character that I could relate to in their depression in the same way I could relate to mine, and it helped me come to realize that I had it. Um, the show really helped me out and was life-changing. I don't think this is an uncommon story. I feel the need to rewatch Ava sometime soon. It's been six years, and hopefully I've changed a little bit. I'm still depressed... I'm still depressed and all, but who knows what I forgot about the show. <laughs> I'm afraid to revisit the show that meant a lot to me. I'll get to it probably sometimes when 3.0 plus 1.0 is real. So never. Uh, that was me. I was editorializing there. It will be real, unfortunately. The question I'm trying to get to, though, is what piece of media went on to you that you won't revisit or... Uh, what What's a piece of media that meant a lot to you that you won't revisit or if one... If one doesn't work, what's a piece of media that you did revisit that meant a lot to you? Uh, and how did your feelings change when revisiting? Thanks for the podcast. Always Hunter. Uh, Eva? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> as much as I'm like, I never rewatched stuff, I feel like I've revisited almost everything I was really into as like a teen at this point. You really have. Um, yeah. Some of it, it holds went... up. Some of it less so. Um it's went well for like quite a few things. Like you love Dragon Ball. So the, yeah, the thing is the things I like about Dragon Ball are basically the opposite of the things I liked about Dragon Ball when I was 16. Well, yeah. Um, and I hope that that's true for a lot of like, if you revisit Ava, if you listen to this, if you listen to all this, you're like, holy shit, what was this? Maybe I'll never look at Ava again. If you still feel the urge to revisit Ava, I recommend doing it with the stuff in mind and still understanding that you can relate to Shinji. Um, and there's good stuff with Shinji in the in the show specifically. Um, if you identify with End of Ava Shinji, maybe reflect on that a bit. Um, <laughs> maybe have a little look inward. <laughs> but um, I think it's fine to revisit media and just say it doesn't work. We we are on the cusp every every month of looking at Star Trek and being too leftist to enjoy it, I feel like, sometimes. Oh, I was really worried. That was, I mean, that'll never happen, but... No, we, we that's, but that's the, because we really like Star Trek when it's on its bullshit and not when it's trying to be profound and important. Uh, but also, like, there's been a large leftist fandom build up around Star Trek. That's uh, true. Like, these kind of, like... In the same way there is around Gundam. Like, Gundam is more explicitly leftist than Star Trek, I would say. Uh, yes. But... I think you made fun of me for this in... SOS is recording, Jackson. Yeah, no, I know. I, I have. It took me a while to realize that as well because I'm watching, especially W seventy nine, I'm like, this stuff must have been like brought in by the fandom uh, in a way that isn't as present in the show. But going on, I'm like, no, it's there. Uh, and just like there are uh, avenues and communities and like worldviews that uh, give these things context, right? Like one of the biggest problems with Eva is that. What it is, is a show, an anime from the 90s that 
is extremely one of those, extremely horny nonsense bullshit, but it is treated like it's fucking Twin Peaks. Like, people will literally bring up End of Eva and Twin Peaks in the same conversation. I mean, I also want to point out that Twin Peaks is not a, like, not free of a lot of really yeah. important critiques of, especially gender and abuse stuff, which Twin Peaks, uh, like the show, often handles really poorly. Uh, sure, but I mean, like, like, people will bring up Arno as, like, he's just like a David Lynch type thing. Uh, yeah, that's... The only way in which I think that's even a reasonable argument is they both do things that can be confusing because there's a lot of, like, abstract imagery in them sometimes. Uh, so, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like um, I would always... I I tend to revisit stuff. I like revisiting stuff. I like putting stuff in new contexts. Uh, sometimes it goes badly when a thing was important for me and I have to, like, see it as its truth. Uh, um, I always feel kind of, like... I'm always like, oh, the, like, usually I find something that I appreciate in it. And then I'm like, oh, look at how I've changed as a person. I have grown. That's good. I, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, I, I rewatched Code Geass recently. and I thought that was going to be just a garbage disaster. And it kind of is. But there's still a lot I like that for a really bad, horny teen anime from like the yep. 2007. But uh, being able to identify things that did appeal to you, but understand how your like politics and worldview and philosophies have evolved past the thing that you're watching yes. is like a great way to realize how far you've come as a person. Uh, it is very good. I yes, I am pro rewatching. I I I can't think of anything that I'm too scared to rewatch. Yeah, I also don't think I have any of those. Uh, like, I'm always excited to put things in the context of who I am now rather than who I used to be. Yep. So that's that. Um, okay, then Couple we have Ross's question. Yes. Um, Sadness and emptiness, Evangelion means an incredible amount to me. Shinji's anxiety and insecurities helped me discover a lot about myself at a difficult time, and he's one of my favorite animal characters of all time. To me, his relationships are what make the show, and every character event works because of how they relate to Shinji. Uh, how some people can like the show without liking Shinji is so beyond me. Anyway, to this day, the music make my stomach sink. Uh, Koru is the best. Him and Shinji deserve happiness. Mm. Uh, Masato is everything. The robot and angel designs are incredible. The elevator scene is amazing. Uh, yes, it is. It's very good. Um, I love the show. It has become a wildly merchandised monster. Uh, and while that should annoy me, it doesn't. Uh, I have a cat called Shinji and he's my best friend. That's sweet. Oh. Um, <laughs> End of Eva is an odd one. I get how production time and pressure hit it in major ways, and I don't think you can separate it from that. However, I like it regardless. It goes beyond reason at points, and I do believe some of the moments are there simply because it looks striking. Uh, I love the live-action shots. Asuka fighting the mass-produced Eva's is absolutely choice animation. Um, I can understand why the whole thing has a negative reaction, but I don't agree. Uh, oh, and the death threats are a whole thing. We didn't really mention those. Um no. uh, Anno got death threats for the end of the show. Um Yes because people weren't happy with it. Um, I hope they were happy with the movie they got instead. Um, <sighs> so, so questions. Do you have a favorite angel? Would you change anything about the series? I think we answered that one. Uh, do you plan to have you watched the rebuild movies or read the manga? Um, I can't wait to love whatever horrendous mess rebuild movie four is. Uh, I hope this wasn't too rambly and was helpful for the podcast. You know, it wasn't bad. Um, so that's it. Um, my, what's your favorite angel, Jackson? We'll, we'll tackle that first. Um, what is my favorite angel? I don't know. Like, I can't really separate the angels from the episodes about the angels. Uh, like the one that drops its entire self and they have to catch it, probably. Um, the one that I like kind of divorced from the episode, because I don't remember the episode being particularly like that important, was the one that's like a big ring. Yes. That episode's yeah. not actually that, because that, that's one of the late ones. That's the one that, yeah. that's when Ray dies. Yeah. 
Um, but I do like that, that it's just a big ring. I like how abstract the angels are as like geometric shapes with eyes all over them. Mm-hmm. Um, as uh, for the rest of it, um, what was I going to say? Um, I think um, it's interesting... I had a thing. Do you want to respond to some of this stuff, Jackson? Uh, yeah. Um, what I, we, we talked about what we changed. Uh, I have read both Rebuild, which we'll get to, and the manga I've also read. I don't really remember, remember the manga. The manga is really interesting, especially the end of it, because it is. Uh, it does end of Eva, but it is. it does it with the themes of um, uh, 25, 26. Like, it's a happy ending. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, like, I know what I was going to say. Uh, you're not going to read the manga, are you? You 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 are like if, I have a lot of manga you, to read, but I I admit that I'm a little tempted. I don't know if I'm ever going to though. Well, let me know when you make the decision because there's a panel I need to show you if and when. Okay. Uh, there's there's this one panel in all 15 volumes that you need to see, and everyone oh, will know what I'm me. talking I don't about. Care. But okay, okay. Well, I'll send it to you. Um, we'll um, you later. So the, the the one thing I did want to talk about is this line: How could people like the show without liking Shinji? Um. Like, Shinji getting the damn robot and shut up Shinji are, like, weird memes around this show that we never really talked about. Because some people like the show and think Shinji's an obnoxious child. And I get it, um, especially if you're, like, someone who doesn't deal with depression. Um, I think it's an unfair, generous read. But also, I feel like if you're just, like, watching this anime, like, divorced from other anime, it'd be very easy to be like, this is a cool robot show. And then weird, random shit happens at the end. It's crazy. Um, the way people sometimes do with media that can be like abstract or surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that that's like a relatively like narrow read of the show that I don't like, but I get why people would see that. Like if this is like the second anime you watch after like Cowboy Bebop, I could see why that's your reaction to Evangelion. Yeah. I guess that is a fairly common reaction, especially among like, older like the memes about the show back when it was like a thing that people watched and it was new and hadn't had the culture built up around it yeah because um, i also i'm like relating to shinji is the show if there's nothing there then you don't like the show uh but i i guess i could see it on the surface level i don't I'm, like there are better you could just watch anime that looks good um uh. yeah but if you're like i i know i don't really know anime i, I maybe caught some stuff on tsunami like i like how bebop what's next like people at least if an, when this show was in print and like around and capable of being watched people would point at ava's the next thing right yeah so, <laughs> yeah um, okay i can see how that would go yeah the elevator scene is good yeah the elevator scene's great uh elevator scene and that hold is so much better than the hold with the kawari with the like arm Yes, the Kawari one feels excessive. The elevator one doesn't even feel that long to me. Like, watching it again, I'm like, oh, right. This is the scene people are, like, like talk about. It doesn't feel that long. Like, people need to watch some movies. Is <laughs> my reaction to that. And the reason it's good is because the, um... The, uh... Like, the, the Kawari thing, like, is a 52 second pause, and then he gets crushed. Uh, whereas the elevator thing is a big pause, but then, like, the, when they start moving, it's not, like, big. It's actually, like, one of the more subtle scenes of the show. Yeah, like, it feels natural that those characters would sit in that moment and then Asuka would be mad. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, God. Good scene. Yep. Uh, Okay. Only got a couple more emails left. Uh, We have a lot because we really made the call out. And I don't think any people emailing in knew how damn we would be on End of Eva specifically. Um, 
We got one from Ethan here. Uh, Evangelion leans heavily on Christian imagery and iconography. Did any of you get anything out of that? Is there a reading by which the use of angels, the spirit of longinus, the cross, the crucifixion actually become a coherent statement uh, about or from the perspective of humanity, uh, Christianity? Uh, I love this show when I discovered it and I was at one point determined to decipher the themes this imagery pointed towards. Ah, oh, this poor child. What do these things symbolize? Um, what do these things symbolize? The spirit of longinus was used to stab Jesus in the side. Does this mean that regarding its use in the show, when Shinji's mecha is carried in a suspiciously cross-shaped pose by helicopters is that a reflection of his personal sar- sacrifice to benefit humanity every mission uh what's with this bit about the forbidden fruit of knowledge you don't want to know the answer to that yeah no absolutely not <laughs> you do not want to know the answer to that my conclusion ended up being that the show slathers around gnostic christian imagery without meaning it's the rule of cool stuff easy shortcuts to seem profound but those bits never seem to contribute a larger point but you're the experts did you find uh thematic importance to the christian themed content if yes what if no how does that leave you th- feeling about the way the show just adds a layer of god themed paint of everything uh some of the imagery is good to look at but yeah it's meaningless so when the first like aim i think it's the angel causes like a cross-shaped cross. beam in like episode two or one or two or whatever yes it fires a beam turns into a giant cross like it it feels impactful and important in the way that i feel like ano desperately really wants to make you think ava is important and deep I don't think it does that, like, it carries that through well. I would love the show that, like, had a point with all this imagery. I think it would be really interesting. It'd probably also be a damn mess, but I'd be really interested to see what that is. Um, I, I think you'd need, like, an actual theologian consulting on the show to make that work at all. Um, oh, you literally, you re- you're describing Devil Man. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, on some level, I am describing Devil Man Crybaby, but which uh, I wrote about for the most recent Patreon letter, probably. Yes. Um, yes. So, you know, if you subscribe to that level, check that out, I guess. Um, but um, I, I just, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a mess. It's just like the way in which all sorts of gods litter JRPGs. Like that's really all it is. It's fine. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it detracts from the show uh, necessarily. I do. It does make me wish that like they explored that road, not taken where like the, I think it's cool that Saleh talks about the dead sea scrolls, but I really wish that meant something. Yeah. Like the fact that it doesn't end up um, like, I like the, the fact that it all kind of um, comes down to the insides of everyone's brains uh, and everyone, like their own internal struggle and everything. The problem is the show, leans really hard on its uh like mysteries and uh symbolism and wants you to like care about that going in and doesn't have any payoff for any of it uh i i do i will say that the uh spear of longinus is great um i like it as a macguffin in things that want to sound more profound than they are it also shows up in constantine i think is where the lance of longinus is a big deal um it's in the background of hellboy (laughs) one The Spirit of Longinus is one of the only cooler bits because it like shows up under a wrap in one episode. Uh, yeah. I like, mean, those the versions of those movies don't look anything like this, obviously. This oh, yes. weird transforming metal giant red spear is entirely an Ava thing. That bit where Ray javelins it into space is cool. Yes, it's very cool. <laughs> that is incredibly cool. But then the bit where they all sit around and talk going, oh, we've lost the spear, guys. That's yeah, less that's, cool. That's like three episodes where they just show keep cutting back to it floating in space. <laughs> and you're meant to be like, oh, we don't have the spear. What does that mean? And then you don't find out until the movie and it's meaningless. Oh. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, how many? We've already got uh, one two more. more. I think. Two more? There's two more. Oh, right. Because we have someone's burner email. Yeah. 
Thank you, uh, Rick. Uh, Rick emails in. I find it very difficult to put my feelings on Ava into words. It's a series I enjoy a great deal, but these days, what it comes back to most is that I find the series, and especially End of Ava, an incredibly cathartic experience. And at this point, I watch End at least once a year. I would like if you want to come listen to this and write back in uh, and check your opinions about End of Ava against mine. I'd actually like to just talk to you about that because I'm really yeah. interested. Um, I like not even like a dunking because yeah. you know what we feel we've like. Gone down, we obviously we've, disagree on that, but I want to know what you get out of it. <laughs> we've gone like uh, really hard against that movie and like what it, its themes are, but I, uh, I can't even see the version where End of Eva has a catharsis for anyone in my head. So if that like I know that's a lot of people. So if that's you, please like describe to me what it is in that movie that gets you. Yeah, we uh, can correspond about that because I, yes. I do want to know. I do want. Um, I do have a question, and it is the eternal question you may have already covered. We actually did not. Who killed Kaji? Um, and then they thank us for these bonus episodes. We like doing them. Um, we really want more people to like give us anime to watch because honestly, we're probably not gonna. We're gonna do End of Eva, but we're probably not gonna do one of these on our own for a while now. Uh, yeah, I mean that's because we got Discovery's coming back. Yeah, but also like you know we we like me and Jackson don't watch the same things very often. <laughs> Uh, no, but I like that we, I don't know. I, I enjoy having this as a thing. Uh, yeah. I assume, I assume as will, these will happen again, uh, similarly to Tommy Galaxy when one of us watches something and the other one is like, I, let's do that. That's a thing I want to join you with. Yeah. Um, so who killed Kaji? I, so I, no one. I thought it was Masato when that episode happened. And then I asked you about it and you're like, no, it can't be Masato. And it's probably not Masato. She gets a phone call. Like. It, yeah. There's no way it's himself. Well, it's... she could get that phone call before she goes and kills him and didn't didn't see it until she came home. No, because she's locked in a room when he's killed. Yeah, but then they also, like, let her out with a... Like, they let her out, they give her a gun, and then at the end of that episode, Kaji's killed. Uh, I... Like, Masato is given a gun, and then Kaji's killed, but also someone is, like... She asks, like, something nebulous, like, what about the other one? And they're, they're like, well, someone will take care of it. And then it shows Kaji being killed. So that to me implies someone else did it, obviously, but you could, you could probably read it as Masato doing it. I don't think that's right, but if you want that to be your thing, I think that's fine. I think Masato's actions in the rest of the show don't disagree with that being a thing she did. Ooh, I don't know about that. Um, I just think it's Masato is absolutely the person who would do the order to kill the person she loves and then mope and listen to their last message <laughs> over and over again. Oh, like she might be, but that makes me like her less. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, Jackson. Yeah, I think no, that's I very in character. Oh, I get that. Uh, I just think it's like, I don't know. Say they killed her. They killed him. Um, like, he rescued Fitsuki, and then Fitsuki's like, they'll kill you for this. Yeah, uh, and they did. And they did. Like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, I assume yeah. it's just a random Sele person. Uh, th- there's no. I-, I think they should have literally just sewn a guy with a Sele logo killing him. There's no reason to be like uh, abstract about that. It doesn't add anything. There's no answer there. Eva really needs to learn that it can just show a thing happening on it, the face of it. Yeah, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. Okay, one more, one more email. This is from an anonymous email, <laughs> just someone's burner account. So whoever you are, we don't know. Uh, would these exact characters in this narrative work in another setting? I have a tough time imagining the fandom forgiving Shinji as much as they do if the series was based on anything other than like a near-future war show with giant mecha and teens. Would these choices made by many of the cast be as forgivable by the fandom if this was a more far-flung future or alternate history or based on fantasy magic instead? The art style uh, of the series makes a lot of the themes like isolation easier to digest as well. We see grand scenes that are vibrant and striking but incredibly empty and hollow. How much does style matter for telling the story? Thank you. 
uh, anime fans will excuse gross bullshit in all sorts of genres. Is my answer to this? Yeah, I don't. I think that like this, this could be like I don't know. Everyone loves Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, like any kind of genre distance uh, works for this stuff, right? Like you put things in any context, and people will be uh, forgiving of it. Yeah, um, and the specific awfulness that Evangelion has in its worst moments are like reflective of a grossness inherent to a lot of society it's yeah. not like it's doing anything like i know people like kawaru's there but it's not like the show's like subversive about like the way society thinks about queerness or women or anything like it's just yeah. enacting the worst versions of it and like i could think of other anime that are like that people excuse with problematic elements and like you could say oh they're like these still are shows with teens fighting against a society, but name me an anime that's not about teens fighting against a society, please. Uh, please, pl- seriously, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you would. Uh, because that's just anime. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think the setting honestly has that much to do with it. Other than I think the setting gets people in the door because it's a really evocative thing. I think the setting gets people in the door. I actually think they don't do very much with the setting. Uh, when I think of how much of Gundam is defined by half the population died, and this has the same premise, and I don't feel the grand apocalypse in the same way here. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, it just it ends up actually just feeling more confusing. Like, there's moments, uh, especially in the flashback episode, where, like, oh, look, Tokyo's underwater now, and they, like, know it's there. But, like, considering Gundam is a show that is, the W79 is defined by this trauma, and it yes. permeates but, every episode. But um, also, there's, like, a, a ton of, like, threads in Evangelion about, like, budgetary disputes, which don't yes. make sense 15 years after the apocalypse. If you want that stuff in a way that works, like, go watch Shin Godzilla, where it makes sense that people are, like, having those, like, like bureaucracy problems because the problem just happened and is like currently ongoing. And that makes sense to me more than it does in Ava. Yeah. Putting uh, a lot of the stuff into Sin Godzilla, uh, like the context for there works a lot better. Yep. Um, and in terms of like uh, the art style. Uh, yeah. Like it, it looks good. The show looks good when it is not being on its horny bullshit. Like the shots of Shinji, like on the train, the shots of Shinji walking around Tokyo three, like I can't believe the good. show. I can't believe the show went out of its way to like, justify endless summer so they could have sunsets and cicadas by like making second impact cause endless summer <laughs> yeah they sure did that yeah <laughs> uh yeah uh, but I, don't, I, I feel like the show looks really good uh when it's not you know uh drawing a woman right yeah. uh, like i mean that- you know you know what you know what would make me happy about ava if there was an episode where everyone was in winter fashion because winter fashion anime is always the oh, best anime. Word. i mean you you remember you this is why i'm mad about the reboot movies you've seen that thing that never happened right yes the hiking gear gendo yes uh, in one of the reboots there was a hiking gear gendo promo image and it, it never happens in the actual movie it's like it ended up being like cut concept but they did all get a hiking gear at one point uh um yeah. but that's our last question that's our last question that is it we've done two hours of this i hope i hope everyone enjoyed um if you like Ava a lot, this was not meant as a personal attack. It was only a personal attack on Jackson, really. No, I actually feel fine. I was very worried about this and anxious going in, but I feel like uh, over the last few weeks, because I I wasn't going to rewatch the entire show, but you hated it. Uh, not hated, that's the wrong one, but like, you were like, oh, this thing is so gross in ways that I'm like, okay, I need to like really rewatch it, have everything in my head. And I feel pretty uh, solid with how I feel about Ava, which is that there's a lot I like about it. End of Eve was one of the worst things ever made. Uh, and... Um, 
that, like that's just a true thing and i have to like deal with that it's not unlike being a harry potter fan <laughs> yeah um for me it's like my main like i think ava sucks but my main reaction is a like all-encompassing apathy there's so much media in the world i don't care about fucking dumbass men espousing their toxic worldview like i can just watch anything else and that's what i normally do so yeah. for me it was hard to build up the enthusiasm to do this but i'm glad that i could just put it all out there how i feel about ava some stuff works i think it all adds up to something really monstrous and i mostly just don't care but i understand that it means a lot to a lot of people i think people who go around advocating it is the best anime uh, or like a postmodern masterpiece are wrong and should probably revisit the show and think about some of the stuff that we've brought up. If you're like hearing this and think that about Evangelion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. it's. Uh... I don't even think Evangelion is like postmodern to begin with. So. I don't understand what that, like I don't understand what postmodern means in the context of people saying postmodern on Twitter, other than it has meta elements. Yeah. Like I, I don't understand what is postmodern about end of Eva. Uh, like yes it has live action shots of a cinema but that's baby's first like that's cheating <laughs> like i don't know yeah like i get if that counts then yes but you know come on yep that's all, right, all i've that's got it. this we've is got this we've has been a good it. podcast i hope you've enjoyed there will be a rebuild one sometime but i don't know <sighs> that's that's the one i'm most curious slash nervous about because Rebuild 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. So. Um, let's see if we can dissuade you from that. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll agree with you. I don't think I will, but who knows? Just, I mean, like, one, no. Uh, like, there's more, like, more modern anime at start, like, got more horny bullshit. But two, it is, what if the movie was the good episodes of the show? Yeah, <laughs> like that sounds great. I like those episodes, so. So, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it as much as me, but I think you'll understand. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. We don't have no idea when another one of these will be. We don't have one scheduled. Uh, if you want to make one of these happen more frequently, you can always support us at patreon.com slash uh, Send us your best anime to watch or your worst anime to watch, and you can even be on the episode if you want. It's true. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.